there's one over there. Jeez Louise. Oh my God, I think we're live. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dangerous Rhetoric live stream number We need three. an intro. <laughs> we need an intro. <laughs> really need an intro. We'll get there one day. Right, let me go find a lighter because you went live before I, I was able to. Oh, there it is. There's Sorry. one somewhere. Jesus. All right, cool. <sighs> I wanted to start on time too, but it's whatever. We need an intro. So everyone, yeah. anyway, whatever. Welcome to the third live stream. Um, I'm trying to, hold on, I want to pull up the YouTube so I can have the YouTube chat somewhere most informal intro ever good job brent welcome welcome everyone we love you thank you for joining is anyone us. even in this chat i haven't I, checked who, who cares i haven't looked i'm okay. just asking you brent i didn't even look i'm oh not in God. the chat i'm trying to get there hold on jesus christ wow we have 807 subs now yeah no one's in the chat, in the chat. <laughs> i'm trying to get there hold on okay it's okay all right well let's now just... i have the chat out Let's just jump into whatever the hell we're going to do. But I guess before we do that, for anyone who's watching this don't after forget. recording it, don't forget, you know, to like, sub, all that stuff. Um, if you want to donate and help us continue to do this, we very much appreciate that. It helps a lot. Um, today, we're going to jump into a fascinating subject, one that we actually have covered on the show before a few times and i don't just mean january 6th but i mean the specific character we are discussing today on this live stream um which is john e sullivan and we talked about john sullivan a couple times on the show when brent and i first started dangerous rhetoric and it was just him and i doing this and we weren't really doing interviews so and our earlier formal ish episodes and we found him to be a fascinating character because his story has so many crazy aspects to it, and he is not in jail right now. And Brett and I are very much convinced, I would say I'm 99% convinced, that this guy is some kind of asset, some kind of, I mean, I don't know if he works for the government or with the government. Well, somebody's I, paying him. Somebody's paying him. <laughs> but there's just, there's something very unusual about this character. So, and his role in the January 6th events. And we really want to focus on that and bring revive this because we feel like this guy's not really talked about enough. So he might want to get talked about too, so we got to be careful here. But at the same time, he played a pivotal role in the events of that day. And I just feel like it's not commonly highlighted in that way. So, so a few things here. First of all, characters like him seem to have like this sort of narcissistic tendencies. So you really don't want to feed into their narcissism. However, that said, his role in the January 6th events is kind of historic in a way. He was on the front lines. He was there busting in. He recorded video of the whole thing. He got like an hour and a half of video where yes. they just busted the whole, through the whole thing. Uh, he went in through a broken window. He... His story is so fascinating. We forgot so, to mention the most important thing, though. He he caught the best footage of Ashley Babbitt's murder. Yeah, he got the best footage of uh, her getting shot. Yeah. Um, but what was I going with that? Not just the best footage, the footage that ended up on basically any of the major media outlets. That okay, was getting, so let's just walk through. Know, I, actually, his Wikipedia is really good. So I think that's gonna, a good place to start for people who haven't uh, been exposed to this guy. And then we will go into an article by Max Blumenthal. So this is his Wikipedia. Let me zoom in so this looks a little bit more. It's not the right window. There's one in the chat. 
Brick Hardcastle. Brick. What up? Brick. What's up, fellas? You hey. are a true fan, Brick. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We're doing okay. We're hanging in there. Um, we just decided kind of on a whim yesterday that we wanted to do a live stream and Brett and I just got talking about John Sullivan again because well I forgot what came up that made us decide to do this. You so pulled him up. <laughs> it was actually an interesting way that came about. The FBI recently put out their child protection app, which is like a little FBI developed app where you can store information about your child. So you can store recent pictures, descriptions, in case anything were to happen, you know, you're That's emotional and you can just have it available actually. and you can just give it to the police. So there was a thread and everybody, of course, the comments were destroying the FBI. Everybody was like really sarcastically, you know, referencing the Epstein situation and uh, Larry, I mean, Larry Nasser. Think guy, about it, though. The FBI think, protected yeah. Larry Nasser for many years. Uh, he was the guy that was uh, diddling the uh, young female Olympians. gymnastic yeah, Olympians. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of the comments were brutal. And, uh, but and it, one of can them, you blame the commenters? Okay, though, but seriously, let me, hold on. Don't <laughs> you're taking me off on tangents. Here. I know. Sorry. Um, so the one of the comments was specifically regarding uh, Ray Epps, and then somebody was like, "Oh, but what about that? What about that? Uh, this guy? What about that John Earl Sullivan guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, what about him?" Because I <laughs> I had totally forgot about him. Um, I did a video about him back in January of 2021 for my It's Brentley channel. And, and we've, we've mentioned, I covered, I've we've covered mentioned his history him. up and we've talked about him on the show before, we have. but I didn't know what, what was the update, you know, whatever happened, you know, this guy was charged with multiple crimes and we'll get there. Um, and you know, the last I heard he was out on, you know, he was out he yeah. didn't have any bail yeah. and considering the way that they're treating the other January yes. six rioters, um, or, you know, trespassers. And so a lot of them did not riot. They just trespassed. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are still in jail, still haven't had a trial. And yet he's out, free, no bail, and making really high-quality videos. I'll show you guys yeah. in a little bit. Well, I, I want to pull up some of that. I don't know if you found the long footage of – Nope, I did not find it. So, And yeah. we're not going to air it because anything that we show right uh, now could be copyright claimed. That's true. So we he can't. might, Yeah, he might come after us. Well, I'll describe just a bit of that and why we're – Brent and I are so – I'm not going to say surprised, but – why we find this character to be suspicious, you know, like Brent mentioned, when you look at how some of the other people who were involved in the storming and all of that have been treated, some quite horribly, man, who people who didn't even really do anything, they just have trespassing charges. But this guy has this long footage in which he's on camera, like rowling the crowd up, trying to provoke them to do things to Trump supporters. And, you know, he's on camera himself recording himself saying, let's burn this down let's you know like break this break that whatever you know he's trying to rile these people up it's very clear and the fact that he was in there he, he was so close he was in, uh, like right next to ashley when the footage happened the fact that that footage just ended up so easily in the hands of the media and they you know paid him well, ninety thousand. hold on hold on you're getting i know i'm getting ahead here. of myself but the point is there, there's so many things about his story that just don't make any sense how is this guy not locked up right now like the other protesters. So let's get back to where I wanted to go. Let's go through his Wikipedia. So John Earl Sullivan was born 1994, also known as Jaden X activist John. He uh, is a political activist, self-identified photojournalist who participated in the 2021 United States Capitol attack. Uh, before January 6th attack, he was also involved in protests relating to Black Lives Matter. Um, although BLM organizers explicitly disavowed him and expelled him from their rallies, warning fellow activists 
to avoid associating with him. Uh, January 6th, he entered the Capitol and broke a window. He repeatedly shouted encouragement to fellow rioters. He captured footage of the attack and his interaction with law enforcement and the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Um, after he participated in the, in the attack, accusations arose that accused him of being affiliated with Antifa, although federal authorities had not identified him as such, and he stated that he has no relationship to the Antifa. So, like, first of all, Antifa is an idea. There aren't, like, really, you know, there's, like, Antifa clubs, and there, there are, are Antifa groups, yeah, and, but you don't and, have to be a member to hold their ideology. Like, and we'll get into his ideology, but see, basically, he is an agent of chaos. Yeah. He's, like, the, the Joker in The Dark Knight. He just wants to stir the pot and burn it all down. And that's his sort of core ideology when well, you I think, get down to it. I think there might be like some narcissism and stuff going on. And we're, we're going to go into that oh, too. there's a lot of narcissism. Oh yeah, there's definitely so narcissism. much narcissism. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say a little. There's definitely <laughs> a lot. And it's just, it feels like, you know, watching that footage too, and I want to go back to that just because it's crazy and we're not going to show it just because it's so long, but watching it, I did get the impression that like this guy really wanted something to happen, anything that he could capture and get and bring back to these media organizations to get his pay, but also to get like his, his 15 minutes of fame, his attention, you know, he wants to be known for something, anything. And I think, I think that's kind of what we're dealing with with this guy, but Brent, I think it, it could be deeper than that too. You know, aside from mental illness, he could have been approached. He could be an informant of some sort. He could be an asset. And, you know, we're going to talk a bit more about that as well and why we think that. Hey, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Oh, cool. Yo, Shout what's out up? The second person in the chat. All right. There's four people watching. Five um, people watching. Also, cool. so along with the uh, Wikipedia article, sorry, New York is New York. Yeah, we're um, in Manhattan, guys. Remember, it gets loud. Uh, so along with that, there's this article by Max Blumenthal, chaos agent, right wing blames U.S. Capitol riot on notorious instigator banished by Black Lives Matter. So in this article, um, <laughs> basically this was from 2021 right the this is from this was jan late january yeah. january 12 2021 yeah, so this was shortly after um basically what had gone down was that he he basically summarizes all of his interactions through blm I mean, we can go through here too but uh we're not quite there yet i wanted to get into his early life so interesting backstory Mr. Sullivan was adopted into a conservative Mormon family. His father, John Sullivan Sr., was a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. Interesting. Sullivan has three younger brothers. Uh, one of them, James, is actually involved in activism and conservative black activism, specifically yeah. in Utah. I remember when we first found out about that, you and I were like, wait, so what? <laughs> the one brother was trying to ingratiate himself with the lefties, and the other is ingratiating himself with the righties. So was he, was the brother like involved with the Proud Boys? I can't remember what organization. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, he was involved, I think, with the Proud Boys. Yeah. Which is crazy when you think about it. It's like, wait, these two brothers, you know, both kind of involved in these polar both opposite. adopted into a military family. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just like reeks mm. of MK Ultra. <laughs> reeks of MK Ultra. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, look, you got to question this stuff. It's too, and again, we'll get, why, there, too. We'll get there too. Like, why is this guy not in jail? It's, it's early, so. but we'll get there. Uh, so <clears throat> at first he graduated from high school. He wanted to be a cop. 
got involved in speed skating. And in 2016, he was featured in a commercial blog post on Uber's site, describing him as searching for a way to earn money that fit with his busy training schedule. He participated in the 2018 Olympic trials, but failed to qualify. Despite this, he has claimed to have competed in the 2018 Olympic games. <laughs> what? I didn't so know that. That's that new. goes to the narcissism, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the glib willingness to lie about these things. Uh, it just, it, it's that jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, and then prior to the, the Capitol riot, he um, got involved at, in Utah. So his brother, conservative active James Sullivan, reports that John was conservative until recently. And James Sullivan founded Civilized Awakening, part of the greater far-right patriot movement. So his brother founded their own little group, uh, his own little group. And in June 2020, John Sullivan founded Insurgents USA. So this is a group that participates in protests. This is like his little, this is his corporation, basically. Uh, he was excused of exploiting the racial justice movement for self-gain. No. No. Never. Never. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it never happens. Um, apparently, he had been selling merchandise, indulging in self-promotion on many websites. Um, he also was selling protest-related gear, such as black clothing, gloves, gas masks, and branded Black Block yeah. Gear Collective. <laughs> like, at, at least this guy is a grifter. At worst, there's something more nefarious going on here. Because, like, so one of the things Brett and I have been wondering is, like, where is this? Is this guy getting money from somewhere? Like, He is getting money from somewhere. That is 100%. Well, and also, we'll get into it, but the footage that he had captured at the Capitol riot he sold to various outlets, including NBC, ABC, and I think the Washington Post, uh, and for like a total of like ninety thousand dollars, which was then seized. So, and then, well, again, this is the most recent thing that I found. Not just sold; that footage was on air the same day. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so that I understand. He oh. got it into their hands real yeah, damn quick. We'll get there. We'll so, get there. Um, so then in June 2020, uh, so this is during the BLM riot season, he led his first event. Um, BLM leader Lex Scott recalled his very first protest he held was the one that got someone shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, this. I remember this. The event was a counter protest to a pro police protest where the Back the Blue protest was consisting of a number of vehicles driving around the Provo police station. This is in Utah. Sullivan and other organizers organized a counter protest to block those vehicles. And I've spoken about this before. This is one of the worst things you can do in order to protest folks. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Never block traffic, you know, unless unless you're shutting down like, you know, a city in the case of like, the Canadian truckers or what's happening in Denmark right now, which is super important. They're pushing these crazy environmental protections about nitrogen in the soil where they're using this as a land grab and shutting down all these small farmers. And so they're you know, protesting yeah. by blocking the streets. I think but they're using vehicles. Blocking major, people, major highways. People getting in front roads, of cars yeah. is never a good idea. It's so dangerous for the people doing it. It's dangerous for the drivers. It, you know, and it doesn't really help your cause. It doesn't advance your agenda. It makes you look like a bunch of buffoons and it, it, it makes you earn the ire of the civilian population. So it is one of the worst protest tactics, you know, especially for these little, like the, these kind of protests. So I wanted uh, really quick though, I wanted to bring up the, <clears throat> you brought up the trucker protest. And, you know, one of the things I remember about that when that was going on in Canada is there was a concerted effort amongst those organizing that to try their best to not block the roadways and to not. Yeah, they left emergency access. To keep they, emergency they, exits they, and so, stuff open. Like also, they, they wanted to do like, it in a way, if obviously. You use, if you use yeah. trucks or a car or something, you know, and you're doing it in an organized fashion with a large 
organization. But when it's like small little things like this, people putting their bodies in yeah. front of cars on the street, it's the worst thing you can do. Well, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, one of the things about protests is obviously that you do, you want to get attention, right? You want to bring attention to some cause and thing that you're doing. But I think the point here you're making is a valid one that, you know, what kind of attention yeah, are flowers, you Flowers, we can pull that up a little bit. But the thing is, anything I air that could possibly be uh, DMCA struck, I, don't, I want to avoid having on the stream because I don't want, you know, somebody to use a false copyright yeah. claim. We, we could pull this later. We could probably, like play short little blips and stuff like that but we would have to like pause and comment on it and things like that and i could pull it up. i do have an interview of him um there's fair was, use laws from inside edition there's fair use laws but at the same time you know people who want we'll to people who want to nefariously report you will try to find a way to nefariously report you for something so there's also that so let's get through this thing so what ended up happening so these people were flooding the street in counter-protest and um ooh, what was that oh there's somebody i think uh i think miss george zamaripa oh we have a special guest um yeah but give me a second <laughs> we'll get there uh, Sullivan was arrested and charged with rioting so uh at the protest shots were fired into a vehicle and one of the driver was injured one man jesse taggart was charged with attempted <clears throat> murder later it came out that this guy was like on uh you know on his uh on john sullivan's team acting you know at his so, at something i read said he was acting as his bodyguard quote unquote <laughs> um but utah is also i think they're in open carry state too they're very they have very like you know everybody has guns so it's not that surprising but sullivan was arrested charged with rioting making a threat of violence and criminal mischief according to police affidavit he damaged vehicles and cooperated with uh insurgents usa to recruit protesters for a protest sullivan indicated that he thought the driver who was shot at was trying to run over protests, a protesters, a claim rejected by police. So the reason they pulled the trigger um, at this guy was because, uh, the, or the, the, the reason the guy shot said was because he was you know, using his car to run people over when he was actually, the car was being surrounded. There is video of that too. Yeah. Well, that that's a thing too that tends to happen in these protest events. Like, you know, a car will be trying to get through and then they'll end up getting surrounded and then the driver gets frustrated. He might beep, he does something. and what happened like especially during the riots in like 2020 the summer of 2020 there were a lot of incidents where your drivers were some drivers got pulled out of their cars and like beat up and stuff like that for antagonizing the protesters just because and they weren't antagonizing they were just trying to get through you know yeah so it's, so, it's never a never a good idea to yeah put bodies in roads also there might be a mosquito i saw something fly around just letting you know <laughs> keep in mind um so yeah this keep this continues so he was in, got in trouble for having a gun. Um, so Miss George, Zum, George, you need to uh, change your, your your stuff is not connected. It says so I can't add you to the stream because your your thing is not turned on yet. What is camera? Just FYI, or yeah, his mic? It, both. Yeah. So he needs to connect them or something, or maybe like quit the stream and then rejoin or something. Oh wait, she's got it. I think maybe. So we're pulling in right now, George Samaripa. If you guys haven't yet, please check out our latest episode there, of episode sixty-nine. Hi. Oh, hey, how's it we going? We didn't see you. Your camera's not on. I know. It's, I'm actually at work. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Well, we will continue. If you want to jump in, just yeah, like feel say free. something in the I chat. I mean, we're you know we're talking about Jan Six, we're talking about John Sullivan, but 
you know, we, we're, we'll probably go a bit more into like what we saw that day too, but we'll get there. We kind of just want to go over this. Yeah, first. You're all over the place. Tonight. I am all over Sounds the place. Good. There's so much to talk to. There's so much to talk about that I'm just like, damn, I want to cover everything. Just got major ADD. All right, so <laughs> I'll throw you out for now, and then we're going to go back to the Wikipedia. Um, so. Um, Sullivan organized events in Provo, Utah that were controversial with BLM. He experienced greater skepticism after July 1st, 2020 event where he invited speeches from the Proud Boys and American far right. Okay. <laughs> this is a little ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's Wikipedia. Brian. It's Come Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway, you know, the Proud Boys are conservative. They're a conservative group and the Proud Boys is like the conservative version of Antifa. There are multiple Proud Boy organizations all over the country. They're all different. You know, they're all gonna, it's the, some of them are more extreme than others. And, you know, they have been involved in, uh, you know, like, you know, physical violence and stuff. They, they formed also, they, they're kind of formed as a joke. It was basically originally a joke. It's interesting if you look into the origins yeah, the, of Proud the, Boys. But. The history of Proud Boys is a really weird, weird thing. But yeah. the, I don't think they, you know, overall, when I look back at the Proud Boys and I look back at Antifa, I definitely, I saw more damage societal-wise happening from Antifa, you know, burning well, things, this breaking is true. stuff, and I mean, people, the, characterizing like, them as a far-right neo-fascist organization that engages in political violence is just a gross generalization. They're definitely on the right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're on the right, yeah. and and yes, they will, some of them do engage in physical violence, you know, depending on the situation, like, but whatever. Say, say the same about Antifa, they, you know, I'm sure there are quite They a cause bit, it, you know. Proud Boys react to it, or they show up to protect groups, it's, anyway, and then, again, you know, they're, they're a totally infiltrated by the feds so both sides are infiltrated by the feds probably both yeah. sides probably are the feds yeah well <laughs> john sullivan i think is just kind of like a little example of how that can sort of be done which is why we're highlighting this case anyway so um sullivan's close relationship with the proud boys got uh him sort of exiled from the blm activists um later he got his group firearms training apparently on september 26 his brother james had addressed a proud boys rally in portland on behalf of james's far-right group civilized awakening i mean i don't know if characterizing them as far right is is fair um i find that that phrase a little bit trite again it's, it's wikipedia so they kind of label anything that is uh too right of the woke narrative as far right so let me just get through here so sullivan continued he held a solo armed protest at the utah state capitol carrying an ar-15 that's a very expensive piece of hardware folks um there is a picture somewhere of him at that let me see if i can find it yeah those those rifles aren't cheap john earl sullivan utah be looking for him carrying protest uh he's on capital come on brave there it is so that this is him with his ar-15 full tactical gear uh here's a better bigger one um let's blow that up there we go so yeah you know, you can see he's obviously well equipped. That's definitely an expensive piece of hardware. Um, yes, yeah, so one one wonders what is the uh, nice gun though. It, yeah, it's a nice gun. It's two two three. Um, but anyway, let's go back to here. Held a armed protest, Utah State Capitol. Lasted a few hours, during which he was confronted by twenty armed men from the Utah Citizens Alarm. 
which I guess is another right-wing militia group <laughs> in Utah, as he began carrying assault rifles to protest, this invited hostilities from both the right and the left. So here we, we see very clearly, again, his use uh, of firearms in order to encourage and uh, incite. So because he was there carrying one, it, these other guys, you know, popped up in response. And you can see how he has this sort of provoking effect. And this is the traditional role of the, the agent provocateur, which is somebody who, you know, will intend to ingratiate themselves into a protest movement and then provoke, 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 rile up, rile up and then turn it into a, a violent mob that is then you know, able to be directed toward a specific activity, or because they're now a violent mob, it gives the authorities the legitimacy to go in there, clamp down, arrest everyone, and uh, shut down the whole thing. So that's the use of the agent provocateur. Uh, in August 2020, he was filmed giving a speech outside the US Capitol. Uh, he spoke of burning this S down and told the crowd, we got to uh, rip Trump out of office, that office right over there while pointing at the White House. Um, he added, we ain't effing waiting till the next election. Um, so again, we can see his extrajudicial, you know, willingness to go outside the law in order to achieve his ends. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot here. So um, Lex Scott, who remember was the leader of that BLM organization in Utah. So he had, you know, association with Sullivan. Uh, said that Sullivan seemed to have a death wish as he thought it would be cool or amazing <laughs> if he was uh, ended at a protest and it started a revolution. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so delusions of grandeur is what delusions this is. Delusions of grandeur, is. right? You know, so I, want, I wanted to bring up Nightcrawler really quick, that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah, movie. and the reason why I wanted to bring it up is like, you know, aside from being like an agent provocateur, another Ooh. thing that he reminded me of of possibly what is going on here is is that sort of thing. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, but in the movie you basically have um, <clears throat> a character Jake Gyllenhaal, who's uh, a pretty interesting example of like a very anti-social personality, psychopathic type character who starts to get involved in the news industry and and filming incidents. So you know whenever something would occur. He starts to go out with his little camera and to try to get the footage so he can sell this footage to the media. And as the story progresses, his character starts to do crazier and crazier things to get this footage. Um, even to the point where in the end he kind of even like causes a situation to happen in which um, you know, his partner dies. I won't, I won't get too much into it. Spoiler alert. I already spoiled a bit. But um, just so he just so he it's can, an old movie. Yeah, just so he can get the shot, you know, so he can sell the footage. And you know, it very much, it just, for some reason, it kind of reminded me of John Sullivan. Oh, just, is that? Oh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Yeah, I forget it too. He was it's in not, that. It's not Rami Malek? No. That's not wrong. No, that's Malek. the other guy. No, but he was in that movie we just saw, I think Encounter. It was called Encounter. Yeah, he was in Encounter. Which was a really fascinating He was movie, in that actually. Amazon Prime drummer movie that we haven't watched yet. I have not seen that, yeah. Um, and he was also in uh, Rogue One. But yeah, anyway, so the footage of, of that Sullivan took on the day of jan 6 the the long footage you know because it was really long brent and i can't find it right now we probably can't show it anyway but just Definitely that's that's the it. kind of impression that i got when i was watching that when i first saw it you know over a year ago is that like here's someone who's there they're trying to get something to happen make something happen so they can catch it <laughs> on camera for whatever reason sorry brick <laughs> what did he say spoiler oh shit i'm sorry man 
I apologize. He's seen it before, though. He's yeah, just... it's fine. It's a great movie. It was real. I've seen it a couple times, and it's uh, it's definitely one. I think it's 2014. Great flick. Really yeah. good flick. Again, if you want like a good example of like kind of like an obvious psychopath, not even like a really good one, because but Jake he, Gyllenhaal's yeah. performance in that movie was Oscar worthy. Yeah. I mean, he was just so good. Yeah, his whole mannerisms, the way that he he like. Uh, so cold. He was able to really play the coldness well. And manipulative. Yeah. And the way he would practice emotions in the mirror. Did he do that? I don't remember if he, he did. did. Yeah. He did so that's that. a very like telltale psychopath. Classic, classic yeah. psychopath. And comedian. <laughs> and comedian. I mean. <laughs> Comedians do it for a different reason. Actors do it as well. But look, psychopaths, you know, a lot of them act. There's a lot of acting involved in that. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> what? Danny, you can't say that. John Sullivan. <laughs> um, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, Wait, you don't think go. John's a psychopath? I don't know. Yeah, let's not try I to diagnose. I don't want to. Well, I don't. I don't know. You can say there's definitely. Wise. So there's definitely narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. There's a willingness to lie and engage in violence. Delusions um, of grandeur. Delusions of grandeur. And so I don't know. Well, let's keep going and see where we end up. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> So Lex also denied Sullivan as a member of BLM Utah and expressed suspicions of his seeking fame, adding that he never attended any BLM meetings or worked alongside them to advance their agenda. Yeah, so it's like, why was he there? Who sent him there? Well, was he would he... just show up at their yeah. events, often with a film crew, you know, and this is the, where's the, where's all this resources and help and logistic? Yeah. Where's all this coming from? Are they friends of his who want to like participate in his endeavors or is there something else going on here? And who sent him? Is he really there to just try to, get that 15 minutes of fame or something or is he there with like an agenda that someone put him up to? so it it's seems that james and john were both perhaps being handled by miss jade sacker so jade sacker is a documentary filmmaker quote unquote um although i'm not sure what was she she's, was she the one filming she was the one f with yeah, him that day they were both filming they were but, both filming. yeah she was also with him yep. so her thing is that she was doing a documentary on him Okay. So, and he yeah, was doing, that. you know, and also she said that John got word days in advance that there was going to be an assault on the Capitol. So if Jade and John knew that days in advance, yeah. the feds didn't, the come feds on. didn't come I mean, on, I mean, come on. And the next day that 10 foot fence was up. You couldn't put that up the day before. Come on. Well, it's just, it just seems like they come intentionally on. had weak security yes so and they then somebody to happen. they intentionally yes. had weak security they also told them at some point to open those doors because they opened the doors and they let people in and I love the t-shirts that's yeah. actually oh, that was not planned i didn't realize you were oh wearing, jordan peterson right i now. did not realize you were wearing your hell officer shirt yeah yeah i, I just i put on my uh this is my clean your room. We have to we up. have to shout out daddy peterson because yeah. they have excised him it's from twatter over his use of the dead name oh yeah of elliot page oh yeah you can't do this guys you can't you can't use the former name of someone who has changed their name that is the question is a violation well the question is who was the person that starred in juno <laughs> or the x-men movies that's a good question anyway are they gonna change the credit back gonna, to john sullivan they're gonna change the credits brent <laughs> Films. So as apparently, Sacker used two teams to document the brothers' efforts, uh, and would later accompany John Sullivan into the Capitol. Um, so denounced and expelled. An activist from Portland. Oh, here, let me go back to here. Whoop. 
Uh, activists from Portland warned people not to trust him after he managed to get local activists arrested in September 2020 by leading them down a wrong route and into a police kettle. Sullivan was widely suspected of being a double agent working for law enforcement. In signal chat groups, Sullivan would use various sock puppet accounts to create the illusion that others were defending his reputation. Wow. Where have we seen that before? I don't know. It's, it's from, <laughs> so this is reminding me of a particular potato who I think, <laughs> who I suspect does this. I'm not going to name this potato, but oh, those gosh. who know, know. Shut and if up. you know, you know. Don't say her name. <laughs> Don't name the data. Oh, God. Labor activist Talia Jane said Sullivan is reviled through the activist space. On September 16th, James Sullivan and Civilized Awakening held a counter-protest against BLM. James brought a bodyguard to the BLM protest. That individual was arrested in charges on brandishing a firearm. So, again, we see the brother connected to an individual who was bringing guns to protests. Not a good idea. Um, the Black the, Panthers would disagree, Brent. Well, okay, different times, different <laughs> protests. Just saying. I'm just in the context of the current crazy. Like, unless you have a CCW and you are very well trained in the use of your firearm, you should not be bringing yeah. guns. Well, to look, it is going to provoke people, and you don't brandish them. Like, you don't like. This is the other thing people don't understand. Like, guns are not something you, you don't brandish. You don't point it at people. The only time you pull that thing out is when you intend to shoot to kill in okay. order to defend so yourself or the life of somebody else. I have a little devil's advocate question, but what if it's not just a protest anymore and it's a riot? What about like a, a Kyle Rittenhouse situation? Well, in a Kyle Rittenhouse, like, again, that's, you know, a not, that's like a war zone type yeah. situation. You have, so, your brand, you have your firearm out all the time. Yeah, You're careful. What I mean is some would argue that him bringing it there was provocation is what I mean. Well... Yeah, but, in the way that you know we're describing, but this his carry right was completely legal. It was, yeah. so that's not you can't say that. I'm not disputing that, but I'm. Well, I'm just his carry was legal. Sure, I'm just saying you know the reality of it is like people will. There are many people who will see. He also, a, he did not brandish until he was assaulted. I got it. I'm just saying you know there are many people out there who will see just like the presence of a firearm as like provocation. Like, why did you need that here? Why are you bringing? You get what I mean? So I'm not saying you shouldn't have had it there. I'm not saying he was wrong for having it. Or anything I don't. So. I don't believe in that. But the presence of a, the presence of a firearm is a provocation. Yeah. Well, look for some people. It is um, unfortunately, and I'm sad that it is. Well, then that, they shouldn't but. go outside. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. The world is a scary place. Anyway. America is a gun culture, but we will move on from that. Getting back to John Sullivan. Uh, activist Portland warned people not to trust him. Okay, we were there already. Um, Counter-protest. The sock puppet accounts thing is so, like... <laughs> on November 26, <laughs> so 2020, Seattle activists published a memo accusing John Sullivan of being an agent provocateur, seeking to undermine the BLM movement. Uh, quote, John has been kicked from the Salt Lake City and Portland protest scenes due to alarming behaviors, including grifting, profiteering, self-promotion, clout chasing, <laughs> sabotaging of community actions, threats of violence, and maybe most disturbingly ties to the far right. John's brother, James, is the co-founder of a pro-Trump organization called Civilized Awakening and has strong ties to the Proud Boys. Even having spoken at a Proud Boy rally, the brothers polarized the political stances, conveniently bolster each other's public personas. Activists in these cities recommend that he be barred from community actions and totally avoided. Maybe we're not focusing enough on James, too. You know, there, there's, there's not... I mean, we can get there. Yeah, I just feel like he's not talked about as much at all. Obviously, because you know he wasn't there in Jan Six and inside the building. Was he there in Jan Six? He wasn't I, inside I would, the building. I would like so. to find more about their father. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, True. this Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan. Well, I remember we we had. 
we did some digging, didn't we, in the beginning, and we couldn't uh, really find. Yeah, so they scrubbed yeah. his internet stuff. There was a bunch of stuff that was that, that was on there, and I, I can't remember it anymore. But uh, I, I do remember going back and looking for it again and not being able to find it. The whole yeah. thing was scrubbed. But anyway, I do um, my own same day James Sullivan was similarly evicted. Um, so December 12th, pro and anti-Trump activists traveled to Washington, D.C. Brawls broke. Four people were stabbed. That day, John Sullivan was escorted from an event at Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington after he was identified by activists aware of the accusations. <laughs> they got him up and took him away. <laughs> They just removed him. They're yeah. like, you need to go. You need to go, sir. The same day, James Sullivan was similarly evicted from a pro-Trump event in Washington. Yeah, so pe people started to catch on. They're just like, you are, you're here trying to stir up some shit, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, they both got totally caught and, and you know, identified by, you know, real activists. Yeah. All right. So now we're moving into the actual events of Jan 6. Yes. Yeah. So he wore a ballistic vest, gas mask, and entered the building through a broken window. He took extensive video. There's also, um, I believe there is video of him breaking a window. Yeah. Because that I saw that somewhere else. Like I said earlier, the fact that this guy's not in jail should just send up some red flags, man. People should be asking questions about that, you know, because there, there are people who did, like, basically next to nothing besides, like, being in the building or something compared to what or being like even like on the grounds next to the building. Yeah, there are people that to walked, walked in guy. through open doors, yeah, open just doors, took some yeah. selfies and left, and left and are still <laughs> languishing in jail. Yeah. Meanwhile, John Sullivan is on footage, his own footage, rallying people up, trying to incite violence. You know, it's just, and he's out. He's, he's oh, what up, Modsock? Welcome. Hey, Ralph. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey. Anyway, so let's continue. Um, this is back. I jumped back to the other one and shot it on the camera. It's just enthusiastically definitely. Yeah, so a close a close review of the raw footage that he shot inside the Capitol and published on his personal YouTube channel shows him enthusiastically identifying with right-wing rioters, their objectives, volunteering to use a knife to assist them. This actually, this was one of the big bads that got him in super duper trouble. Uh, because he had a knife on him, when, these are the charges that were uh, that that are pending against him, still pending against him, as far as I know. Um, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds with a dangerous weapon, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds with a dangerous weapon, unlawful possession, unlawful possession of a dangerous weapon on the Capitol grounds. Yeah. Um, you How know, many charges you say? Eight, I think. Eight charges. I think you got eight. One, two, three. So obstruction of official proceeding. One, civil disorder. Two. Entering and remaining in grounds with the weapon, three. Um, disorderly disruptive conduct with the weapon, four. Unlawful possession of the weapon, five. Disorderly conduct at the Capitol, six. Parading, demonstrating, picketing at the Capitol, seven. False statement or representation to the agency of the United States. Hmm, I wonder what that was. Uh, eight, eight inning abetting, nine. Hmm. And forfeitures. Like, so this is the indictment against him that has all the charges. Um, and we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So going back to uh, the Capitol. Um, yeah, so basically he broke inside. He broke inside and uh, she was cheerleading, you know, cheering like the crowd on saying, burn this S down. We're doing this. We're making history, stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, he eventually it, it climaxes with the shooting of Ashley Babbitt, which he, you know, gets that really, he gets that footage, that really stunning footage. Honestly, he was right, 
there and captured it, you know, right as it happened. And that was the main, main video that went around that most people saw came from this guy. So, yeah. So he goes there. Um, and apparently, you know, when he spoke with Max, um, he insisted that he has no political ideology. Again, with this, this sort of nihilistic chaos sentiments, the same thing that we just saw with that uh, 22-year-old mass shooter in uh, Highland Park. Similar kind of like nihilistic lack of uh, you know, meaning and desire to just, you know, burn it all down. Yeah, a, a perfect uh, subject to try to, you know, bring in as an informant or to radicalize. In or perhaps some way. he was, he, perhaps he was created this way. Or created this way. You know, Brent and I, you know, we, this we, is the result. MK Ultra vibes. This is yeah. the result of trauma, folks. Probably. When the world has been so cruel to you and you have not been blessed with parents uh that that were kind and and generous and not super damaged could be um, more complicated than that too. and then again yeah. even people yeah. that have had super damaged parents and been in horrible situations have yeah. you know found the uh strength of character to pull through and to triumph and to go on to bigger and better things and to learn from the experience and vice versa there are people who had great excellent parents who tried everything they could to do what they could for the kid and the kids still just did not have a conscience for some reason and just turned out to be a straight up cluster b pathological yeah. whatever so, so it's like evil evil exists we don't know exactly where not having a conscience comes from but we do know that there are definitely some people out there who don't have one and look john sullivan could very well be one of those people when you look at someone like him he does not seem to care who his actions hurt it's all about him right it's all about the attention that he wants to get the fame all of that stuff and you know who knows who he's working for that could be even more nefarious and crazy and might he might not just be this lone wolf night crawler type although he very well could be that and i'm open to the possibility of that as well but brent and i i don't know we got some questions man you want to pull up his channel maybe um i was gonna get to that later yeah because we'll get to that later yeah we kind of let's finish the story okay we'll finish the story but we're <laughs> gonna talk about his channel because that that was really fascinating as well and the um, fact that he even still has one. So he but, got that footage yeah. and then, you know, he left. He wasn't, you know, and that night he uh, didn't get arrested until later. Yeah. But he did appear on CNN with Anderson Cooper. That night. 360. That evening. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the article. And it's like, did they see. did they review all that footage to you? have to wonder. and Or did he clip it? I, I wonder that myself. Did he turn in all that footage to them or did he clip it? Because if he turned it all into them, like the media organizations had proof of his own criminal activities. So... Yeah, well, again, that comes to the, the wishful thinking and the lack of self-awareness that is ever so present in people with personality disorders. Yeah. Uh, in the Washington Post, um, he described, he's described as a liberal activist. Yeah, of course, the Washington Post is yes. <laughs> uh, Well, the centrist fact-checking organization PolitiFact referred to him as a left-wing activist. MSNBC's Chris Hayes played Sullivan's video at length during a January 8th broadcast, stating that it was licensed from a self-described civil rights activist. So again, here we see his video getting play a lot of play on all the majors. Great journalists, too. They really did their digging on this guy, didn't right? they? They really did their due diligence. <laughs> or they knew exactly what they were dealing with, and they're deliberately painting him in this particular way. Yeah. So um, then any, everybody on the right has used this in order to paint him as a BLM or yeah, an Antifa. They're, yeah, they're to like... 
he's a really good, I mean, he's yeah. a good example of infiltration. I don't know if he's necessarily an example of the Antifa infiltration. Yeah, but they, they were for sure. I saw a lot of conservatives and right-wing people saying like, oh, well, this is a perfect example. Like he's just there purely to make the Trump supporters look bad. And obviously he was there to make Trump supporters look bad, but he was also at BLM protests making BLM look bad. And this is kind of the point that Brent and I are trying to bring up with this guy is like, he seems like he's here to make both sides uh, riled up as much as possible to stir up more conflict, to stir up more chaos. And are there federal agencies who benefit from that, who want that to happen? And I don't know, we lean toward the position that yes, perhaps there are. So so Fox News dedicated an entire article to his presence at the Capitol, describing him as an anti-Trump activist with close ties to Antifa and BLM. Um, as we saw, you know, that's not necessarily accurate. Um, although he tried. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Trump legal counsel, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, highlighted his role in the riot, calling him a suspected BLM activist. Um, his post got 28, over 28,000 retweets as of you know, when this article was written. Oh, Giuliani. Uh, despite the overwhelming <laughs> presence of far-right and openly white nationalist activists in the Capitol, the right wing has exploited Sullivan's presence to blame the left for the catastrophe that Trump inspired. Uh, recent data progress, da, 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 da. Well, and so I, I question that. You know, I, I think this whole thing was a psyop from the get-go that the FBI was involved and that, yeah. you know, people like Mr. Sullivan are sort of the yeah. tip of the proverbial iceberg they're, here. They're a piece, I think, in something larger that was certainly occurring and, and orchestrated to some degree. Here you can see some screenshots of his website where he was selling, um, you know, gear um many activists have called yeah you know, a lot of people have called him an agent provocateur um here's a good quote from a dc-based blm activist uh if there's violence to instigate he will raise it to another level but he's not the one that does it isn't that interesting yeah and that that's <laughs> what we saw in the in the january 6th footage is he was really trying his best to get other people to do things he wanted that and i think like i said he definitely wanted to capture something i think that was the point yeah dead eyes right right brick dead eyes yeah no he's got those cluster <laughs> b eyes yeah like josh slocum says all the time he's got the cluster b eyes man um sullivan still faces charges in his hometown of provo utah so this is the other thing He's still being charged. The, the federal charges supersede the state charges. So the federal charges have to be resolved first. Um, but it's still interesting that regardless of all the all these charges that are just pending against him, he's still out, yeah. you know. How? <laughs> he's not allowed on uh, like social media. So like except for just making videos. So he's allowed to like make his videos, but he's not allowed to like tweet. But you're not, Brent. What are you talking about? Your channel on youtube oh well that's a different <laughs> that's different i'm not legally you know i you know i've been you know censored by the corporations yeah but it's just but it's I, funny I haven't, been, I haven't been censored by the state yeah but I just, i'm just pointing out it's funny that he's got his youtube channel and that that's still up there he can have that even though here's someone who's literally you know in the capitol building <laughs> mr guillermo corrales hola hey. como esta thank you for joining us we love you gilly me have mine how are the chickens and pigs yeah. <laughs> so jealous yeah we got to visit again and uh, see how well we doing. gotta go out like that way anyway to see my parents but yeah anyway back yeah. to uh, Gilly, uh 
thanks for you know everything man we appreciate gilly's everything. a sweetheart yeah. he's a huge financial supporter of the show we love gilly he's like our number one fan he is our number one fan the founder of the right wing outfit called civilized weekend da, 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 james sullivan <laughs> described hunt to me as an agitator who suffers from mental health issues so this is his brother understatement his brother james is now saying that john has mental health issues and it is driven by an insatiable <laughs> desire for media celebrity look <laughs> that's what that's what it appears. He wants it. He really wants it so bad. And look, we're going to look at his channel later and, and kind of yeah. analyze some of his behavior. On Stop getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> but this, it's just this like a quote, quote from his brother. What he does is he creates hysteria and then he takes these phony videotapes of it. So that's why he got kicked out of the movement in Utah, James Sullivan said. They kicked him out because he would go to instigate violence to the point people would get arrested and then he would get views on Facebook. So he was doing this thing. He had a channel called like Watch Riot uh, Prawn um and they the activists he would go in stir up this craziness you know get people to do something really radical very nightcrawler right he would stir this up and then get the get the video of it and then take it you know online and upload it and get a bunch of views yeah and, and look, then they eventually they figured out it was him and you you see this sort of thing across youtube in general even for like harmless things you know like teenagers doing pranks and things like that it's like it's all for the views but this guy is like involved in these serious political situations and uprising trying to you know get the craziest thing that he can get on on footage right just so he can uh get the likes get the clicks get the hearts uh get the media fame whatever make a name for himself and doesn't care if people get hurt in the process you know, doesn't care if people get shot. It's just, you can't help but look at a person like that and not diagnose, them, you know? So Max reached out to John Sullivan by phone January 8th while he was still in the DC area. He argued that his flagrant encouragement of the mob in the US Capitol was textbook undercover journalism. Quote, it's like investigating into something or like getting access into, let's say, you're trying to get access into an underground drug ring, he insisted when asked about his encouragement of the pro-Trump mob. You know, you have to get your way in there somehow. Like, how do you do that? So, and this was the same thing he used in an Inside Edition interview. He, you know, would say that he had to encourage and appear to be a part of the movement in order to get the access without having his life be under threat. Yeah, basically the only way he could blend in guys was by telling other people to burn this down. That's the only <laughs> way, you know, there was no possible way he could have blended into that crowd otherwise, right? Uh, when I asked about him about his own views, Sullivan was unable to offer anything resembling a coherent political position. He initially described himself as, quote, more on the BLM side, ending the police brutality and racial discrimination, but moments later insisted, even to this day, I don't have a political ideology. I don't have a political stance. Through all my conversations with the Sullivan brothers, I learned that they had become the subject of a documentary by a Los Angeles-based photojournalist named Jade Sacker. Sacker appeared briefly in Sullivan's footage. Filming against the Capitol can be heard congratulating him for the invasion. We did it! We she did chirped. it! Yeah. She chirped. I like that. Yeah. Uh, to Sullivan as the mob flowed inside the building. Here's a screenshot yep. so you can see the Anderson Cooper interview. Yeah, so this was the interview that took place that very night after all of the, you know, the riots and all. So this is where it gets in. interesting, right? Sacker's documentary project is being advised by Brian Fogel, who produced Icarus, the Academy Award-winning Netflix documentary on the alleged doping by the Russian athletes, and The Dissident, which covers the murder of Jamal Khashoggi by Saudi government agents and has been endorsed by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. So here we have Brian Fogel, who is clearly pushing CIA, 
DNC uh, propaganda-esque talking points by doing this documentary film work, right? And we've got a connection now between Sacker, Sacker, and, and this guy, this guy and and Hillary Clinton. So it's like. <laughs> Look, you have to ask some questions here. How can you not when you see these sorts of things, you know? <laughs> oh, that's fine. George joined in the, in the YouTube channel instead. Hey, what's up, George? Happy to have you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to pop in later, you can still pop in later. So yeah. this is this is nuts. So um, Sacker said she hoped Fogel would agree to serve as the executive producer on her project about the Sullivan brothers once he sees the sizzle and a demonstration of the work that I've done, quote unquote. Uh, when I reached out to Sacker, and this is Blumenthal talking when I say I, so I don't mean to confuse anyone. Um, I'm reading Blumenthal's article. When I reached out to Sacker on January 9th, she initially downplayed the role of the documentary subject, John Sullivan, in the Trumpist rampage through the Capitol three days before. Quote, he's passionate. He's apolitical, she said. He's against the system, but he's extremely nonviolent. Okay. BS. Burn this down. Yes. <laughs> like but from all that we've seen so far, extremely nonviolent is not an appropriate yeah. characterization. That's, that's not guy. how I would describe him. I mean, he was brandishing his AR-15. Somebody got like... shot at his very first counter-protest that he organized. I mean, this is not a good characterization. Oh God, man. Portraying herself as quote someone who is very much politically regressive and opposed to Trump's agenda, she framed her congratulatory comments to Sullivan as an expression of surprise, not approval. Right. And well, that's just covering her ass right there. Of course. <laughs> she doesn't want to get charged. Of course. Um, and that's another thing. Somehow, Miss Sacker made it inside the Capitol, shot a bunch of video, and somehow she didn't get charged with anything. Yeah. Why? Why? why curious ask yourself why curious because, you know it doesn't make any sense from where okay, we stand so this unless, is where it gets interesting yeah. john knew somehow that people were considering storming the capital sacker had told blumenthal he had intelligence days before and i didn't believe him i never thought that something like that would happen and then when we showed up at the capital there were thousands and thousands of people there i didn't think that we'd be able to document what was going on so when i said we did it i was just shocked like we got in there at all and that we were on the front lines being able to tell the story Upon further questioning, Sacker conceded that she was not aware of the full extent of Sullivan's actions in the Capitol. As far as, quote, as far as reliving the whole thing, like I'm still processing it. And I'm still, I also, I'm still, I also like a little bit scarred by what happened, she said. You got to read that one in the voice, Brett. <laughs> as far as reliving the whole thing, like I'm still processing it. And I'm, I'm still, I think also like a little bit scarred by what happened. Sacker also focused on her documentary lens of the Sullivan brother, James, pro-Trump activist who helped organize January 6th Stop the Steel rally in Washington. Uh, James Sullivan is also a black Republican, inheriting the rigidly conservative political line of the white woman parents that adopted him. His and John's adopted father is an attempt his and John's adopted father is an army lieutenant colonel who retired over two decades ago. Uh, I really, I think he was uh, in, involved with nuclear stuff, if I recall correctly. Yeah, we, we need to find out more about the father. Yeah, sure. that's that's the interesting. And then Just did the father day. have any direct connections to MKUltra? Because yeah. the timing is, it's on. Yeah. Um, an apparent bid to protect his family's reputation. Uh, James Sullivan has campaigned to blame the riot on his brother and by extension on the leftist forces that James, uh, that John supposedly represents. Um, and if a recent poll is to be believed, his efforts were fruitful. So I guess that means it worked. So a lot of people on the right believe that 
the thing was predominantly, you know, infiltrated by Antifa. And this is actually a really good point that we should take a moment. Yeah, on. we'll look at it. So, so one of the things. Hold on, let me get this out. Okay. So the idea is that the people on the right see the infiltrators as Antifa or BLM agitators like John, when actually they're more likely FBI or other federal, yeah. you know, Democrat connected players. And one thing that we've seen with the FBI, the DOJ, uh, and especially in recent years, is that these organizations have become politicized. They are no longer neutral arbiters of the law. They are used selectively and, and, and uh, targeted in order to target political opposition specifically. And they don't, you know, sort of uniformly and, and neutrally enforce the law anymore. So it's a big problem. And when you have things like, you know, Patriots Front looking a lot like a federal operation, uh, the, these feds are basically creating this illusion of an extreme right and left. And then everybody in the middle is just getting caught up in it. And then a lot of people are literally getting caught up in it and joining, you know, the radical sides that wouldn't be so radical without all this federal tinkering and agitation from MK Ultra Mind Flay victims. So uh, I wanted to talk a bit about just what you and I saw that day and just some of my own observations in regards to this. And one of the things I noticed, and I think, and I think it contributes to the perception from the right that Antifa was there infiltrating is that we didn't really see them there. There, there wasn't really anyone there counter protesting. There was no counter protest. There weren't counter protesters. And if there but were, there was a call from BLM organizations to not go, yeah. to not counter protest. The organizers down in DC put that message out specifically because they didn't want to agitate. Sure, they didn't but I want to. But I feel like Antifa, like those types, the more radical types, probably wouldn't even care about that. So I think, I think just the perception that a lot of the conservatives had is, well, they're not here but they got to be here. There's got to be someone here. They're going to do doing something, you know, they're hiding, they're wearing Trump gear. And we're not saying that none of that happened. I'm, you know, I think possibly some of that could have happened. There could have been just normal everyday people who wanted to go there and, and start shit. Right. And blend in with the Trump crowd. But people like Sullivan, I think are a little, they're too ambiguous and they do indicate that. I think what you're saying is correct. There was more fed involvement with this stuff. And maybe they even want to create a trend where other people who maybe aren't directly connected with them are uh, inspired <laughs> to do these sorts of things as well, you know, in, you know, copying well, that. And that's the other sense. thing that we saw. So we marched from the um, the White House area where Trump spoke to the Capitol after he finished speaking. And a big red flag with that this being some sort of like operation or psyop um, by independent organizations is that the assault on the Capitol had begun before Trump even finished his speech. Yeah. So the mass of Trump supporters were not anywhere near the Capitol when, you know, agents or, uh, you know, useful idiots that were recruited by agents started to cause a ruckus outside the Capitol and started to push down barricades, also assault police. Trump was very clear um, by the end of his speech. And I remember this too, because, you know, Brent and I, we were there and we saw it listened in person. He was very clear. Like you're, we're going to march over there. It's going to be peaceful. It's going to be peaceful, but you're going to make your voices heard. That's what he was saying to the crowd. So yeah, obviously he wanted them to go there to be loud, to, chant right to to make their presence known and that you know whatever their causes they didn't trust the election all that stuff to just be heard right and that that was kind of what he said but he was clear he did tell them you know to be peaceful to not 
you know, stir up trouble and that sort of thing. And Brent and I, uh, and I just want to go back to this point about blending in and stuff. Um, so Brent and I did not blend in. We very much looked kind of neutral. Um, some people even probably thought we were lefties. I feel like they were looking at us as if we Well, we were wearing were dark clothing. Yes. I believe I wore my uh, urban camo pants yeah. and I, it was very cold that day. So yeah. I had my... Um, like a dark, um, yeah. no, dark no MAGA coat. things. There was no, yeah, I didn't have any MAGA. Yeah, I, well, don't, but, I didn't own any. I don't but, have any MAGA. Well, gear. we're not those types of people. And that's the thing is like, I think, you know, Brent and I definitely went more out of curiosity, curiosity than anything. And also because we ourselves had questions about the election and we wanted to talk to people there and see like, why are you here? Why don't you trust what's happening right now? What is the point of this? Right? Yeah. We wanted to go to actually so, do journalism. Yes. Talk to people, talk to interview people, them, interview you know. and, and those videos are still up. They're uh, most of them are on Brighton, yeah. Because uh, I there was a point where I was like trying different services. Now I'm pretty much just using uh, Rumble and YouTube, but I haven't like. And some of them are on Rumble. But if you guys want, I can send you the links. Um, just uh, you know, give me a second. I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, it's worth checking out. You know, we didn't get a whole ton of footage, um, and we didn't record like every conversation. It was actually the first time I took our camera out to kind yes. of get myself some experience well, using it. Well, here's the thing. You know, before before you and I adventured over to, to D.C. for the protest because we knew it was happening. People knew for weeks it was happening, and this is again why. How are they not prepared? But before we went out, Brent and I had already decided that this was going to happen. Dangerous rhetoric was going to be a thing. We knew we wanted to start some kind of show or podcast or something. We knew we had to do something to start getting the truth out beyond just tweeting about things and, and posting. Hey, everybody! On it's posting on Instagram and that sort of stuff. So we knew we were going to do the show and we knew this protest was going to be like a big thing and we knew that however it played out it was going to be a historic event and something could happen um frankly i was the more hesitant one i didn't really want to go brent was uh, adamant about it he was like you know i want to go i want to talk to people and interview them i'm going to document and bear witness and because they're going to do something crazy and they're going to lie about it the media blah 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 so obviously i wasn't going to let him go alone and uh, i went along but it was an interesting thing. I don't regret it. Brent and I have had a lot of interesting life changes since then, but <laughs> it's also been uh, kind of fulfilling since, you know, the, even having that as kind of the inciting first incident of the show, the first real thing that we did together to try to get the truth out there. I think it marks marks us, you know. Mm -hmm, definitely. And it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was cold. Yeah, but it was fun. It was cold. Yeah. The weather sucked. Um, and we, one of our, you know, core values at the time was we're not going to do anything illegal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we weren't there to do anything illegal. That is a rule. Like if you ever protest in like, you really, you have to be very careful when you decide to do civil disobedience yeah. because the way that you do it can either really, uh, you know, it can, it can bolster your cause as yeah. we saw in the case of the Canadian truckers. Um, but Again, you know, your cause really has to be righteous. It has yeah. to be something that is a true oppression of freedom. Where and you have to be very careful in the way that you employ civil disobedience. Yeah. This was not civil it disobedience. And remember, this was, this was outright violence. Remember the First Amendment and how it is worded. It yes. says peaceably assemble. Peaceably assemble. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, an interesting point because, like, I, you know, I'll never forget during 2020 during the riots and Andrew Cuomo and. 
he went out into the media and didn't he basically say something along the lines of like, well, I don't see where it says that protests have to be peaceful. Oh, yeah. Like... And this was that we saw this constantly yeah. through the 2020 BLM riot season. We had Democratic politicians continuously issuing apologia and yeah. rationalization and justification for the riots. Yeah. But, you know, as soon as the other side does it, it's it's an insurrection. Yeah. So like, please, their argument there, and I'm being devil's advocate here, is that because this was like this important federal event that was occurring, that they were trying to interrupt this trading of hands of power, but, that this is a more egregious thing than, say, a sure. summer of riots that killed a whole bunch. But of in people. reality, the federal yeah. government was the one trying to interrupt the federal government yes. so that they could blame the people in order to steal or in order ooh, I can't say that in order to uh, you know <laughs> do some things that I can't talk about here <laughs> I can't talk about here anyway oh, anyway so let's get back to um, John Sullivan so uh, let's see when describing herself as Sullivan's friend, Sacker conceded that his ultimate agenda is to spawn as much destruction as possible. He's just angry, she reflected to me. And he says it in a lot of his videos. F the system, burn it down. He doesn't think that it can be reformed. Like, he kind of wants his civil war. He's a bit of a provocateur, and he wants to dismantle the system. He believes the value of civil disobedience. Like I said, civil disobedience has to be civil. Yeah. And because he's apolitical, I think he feels more of a sense of allegiance to anyone who shares the values of, I guess, chaos. Yeah. So what's but what's chaos going to give you? Chaos opens just a pit of, of death, death and destruction. And destruction. It's just like these people, man, this guy. <laughs> um, so this it goes on a lot. This is his brother James speaking, I think, at a Proud Boy event. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at James how James Sullivan speaks at a Proud Boy rally in Utah September 2020. Look at how opposite they look, too. It's like I'm, I'm thinking about the picture of John with the rifle and, like, the bandana over his face and stuff. And here's his brother with his, like, blue, red, white, and blue T-shirt, you know, his dad hat on, looking very, like, conservative. Looking very just, yeah. like, American boy. Yeah, Americana, star. jeans, T-shirt, Jeans, T-shirt, hat, hat. Yeah. yep. Um Let's see. According to James Sullivan, public outreach uh, outrage over the violence in Washington has completely destabilized the pro-Trump grassroots. They're ratting out each other. He said of his allies, they're running away from Facebook and they're giving up. Sullivan is the founder of Utah Face, da, 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 as we said earlier. Um, apparently he's still, I should look up his social medias. What, the brother? This looks... Uh, so the brother I, I am curious about. I want to know a little more about him. Like so many other right-wing activists, James Sullivan has been determined to pin the violence on leftist Antifa infiltrators. He maintains the ringleader of the PSYOPs was his own brother. Interesting. Um, yeah, but again, I think, you know, John is really just a red herring. Uh, he's He was obviously put out there very early. You know, we saw him on CNN. Um, and then we saw those charges against him issued. You know, he was arrested and then he was sort of released. Um He's had a lot of, he has access to a lot of resources, clearly. He's got a lot of money. Um, I think we can. So the brothers aren't on good terms, from what I can well, see. Well, publicly, here, anyway. publicly. Publicly. And, and this is, you know, I wonder how true. This could be part, is, this could yeah. be a whole part of their, you know, pumping each other's bags, so Maybe to speak. Pumping the antagonism. Bags. Because we know conflict does get views. People like conflict. Yeah. They like drama. Yeah. It's um, why John was there trying to rile people up and get them to, to you know, destroy stuff and get because it get gets mad. clicks, yeah. it gets views, it gets eyes on screen. Um, 
let's see. At the same time, he maintained that his brother has been afflicted by psychological issues. Um, so this is James talking about John. What we, his family, have found out is that he's addicted to Adderall. He doesn't need to take it because he doesn't have ADHD. And what happens is that he becomes a little bit paranoid. It's easy for him to act cool, calm, collected, but he flips on a dime. Um, you know, and that, again, is that's a borderline trait, really. Uh, John Sullivan shot back that his brother was a complete effing liar and accused him of psychological issues of his own. However, I obtained a message John Sullivan sent to a contact after participating in the riot at the Capitol in which he described himself as feeling mentally unwell. Sean Michael Love, the BLM affiliated journalist, offered a more jaded perspective on Sullivan's motives. Quote, I definitely think that mentally he has some things he has to work out. But as far as him cooperating with law enforcement, that has been our belief. Sullivan has forcefully denied this allegation as well. So what was the instigator known alternatively as activist John and Jaden X really doing inside the U.S. Capitol? A close review of his footage from January 6th demonstrates a clear consistency with destructive behavior, uh, da, 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 as we saw, recording a rampage and setting a riot. Um, so this just kind of goes through, and he has some clips here. I can't play it, again, for reasons of potential damaka takedowns. Um, but yeah, this is just him going through his footage. Um, I was reading some comments here. I'll put this link in the chat in case you guys want the article and you can go through it on your own time. Oh, Brick found us through Nina Infinity. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, Brick great, was man. in the chat. Brick was in the Brick was in the chat cracking all kinds of jokes that okay. when you weren't feeling well that night. Gotcha, you, we gotcha. You. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't finish the rest of that show. I was I, my stomach was upset. The really hiccuping. Want to fight about that it? That was then? such a fun stream. We were talking about Ezra Miller. Speaking of crazy borderline people, uh, let's see. Um, in the National Statuary Hall, the Capitol building sacker came into view for the first time, wearing a California Republic baseball cap and an N95 mask, filming with a handheld camera. She approached Sullivan with a congratulatory hug. I'll give you a hug now. We did it, she said in a voice mixed with glee and relief. You're right. We did it. Dude, I was trying to tell you. I couldn't say much. Sullivan replied. You're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting, though, what he says there. I couldn't say much. Yeah, so he yeah. knew this was going to happen in advance. How? Somebody was handling him. Somebody was, you know encouraging to be there to do this so to get this footage um and they they may have you know there is even a conspiracy theory ladies and gentlemen as to regards miss ashley babbitt uh, that i didn't even know until yesterday uh, some people have posited that she actually was not offed and that the whole thing was part of the psyop in order to um bring it to a close and that her 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 being shot was faked um yeah i don't know that's a I, little much i don't know <laughs> It sounds a little out there. It sounds a little crazy. Cuckoo bananas. I mean, I never saw. Did the they body. plant her husband on Tucker Carlson and all that? I mean, it's he, possible. he would have to be in. He on would have it to be and, on it. But again, she was little, yeah. she was in the Air Force, so yeah. we have another potential connection to the military. Sure, but there's a lot of people in the military, Brent. That doesn't mean they're all like connected to the deep state. I'm just saying this yeah. is this is just more I, data to consider, yeah. more possibility. Well, we we are the conspiracy type guys. I so like to think about conspiracy theories. We're always gonna like you know, speculate in this way and kind of play interesting mind games with things like this, because it is interesting to think about them like this. And uh, I don't think it's totally beyond the realm of possibility. Either, well, it's so. just, it just seems a little convenient to me that he was, he's obviously being handled and he was right there at the front, yeah. you know, to record the video of her getting, you know, shot. Yeah. I think she got shot. I, I don't think that was fake. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's dead and all of that, but 
you know, in regards to him being there and cue the X Files. I think the point was for something to happen. It doesn't really matter what that was. It could have just Brick. She dead. <laughs> she dead. Yeah. It could have just you know. The, it could have just been them breaking in. It could have been them doing something else. Maybe those people who were in there with the zip ties and stuff were part of this too, and they were supposed to grab someone and didn't turn out the correct way. I don't know. You know, I we don't. But clearly, something, plans within plans. Yes, clearly there was a, a much larger plan going on. John had some foreknowledge of this and he was tipped off and, and sent in there to be a part of this larger thing. And I'm convinced that the point was to get this, this footage, to get this really good high quality footage and to go in there and to make sure that if something isn't happening, that is shocking, um, you know, newsworthy to make it happen. And this, you know, and all of that just seems obvious to me. George, yeah. she done been dead. She done been dead. Yeah. And look, it's it's sad. I don't I don't think she should have died. Um, but at the same time, you only know, person yeah. killed was killed by the yeah. U.S. government. Yeah. And look, people tried to go around. And they talk about all the numbers that they all would they say like four or five people died. Oh uh, yeah, they make a lot of shit. Yeah. So I think two or three of those were medical emergencies. And medical emergencies tend to happen in large crowds, especially if it's too hot or too cold or someone has a condition. Brent and I being in the crowd during when Trump was talking, I remember two medical incidents. One of them was kind of far from us, but I remember someone being tended to near an ambulance. And then Brent and I remember someone being carried right past us, actually, I believe. Yeah. Um, in the crowd on a, on a stretcher. So, and I don't and again, know. Yeah. We were, you know, if you look at the footage, there were obviously like over a hundred thousand people. It's a lot of people. Um, I think it was way more than I that. I think it might have been, you know, half higher, a million. Half it, was, a million. it was a lot of people. It was man. a lot of people. Um, and so when you have that many people in a space, you're bound to have yeah. medical emergencies. Yes. It happens at concerts it's and stuff. It's festivals. statistically likely yeah. because there's so many people. Yeah. And then um, there's uh, the incident with the police officer who they claim was killed there, which. Turned out to not be true. Brian Sicknick, who was apparently involved in a scuffle at some point, but um, you know, first of all, they said that he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. That wasn't true. Yeah. Then they said that he was hit with bear spray from a protest. That was never proven or confirmed. Uh, then they said, uh, you know, that his his death was a result of his injuries. Not true. He had a stroke. Um, that was confirmed by his mother and the person who did yeah. the autopsy. Well, look, could could the craziness of that day have contributed in some way to the stress in him to maybe lead to a stroke? Maybe, but that's not a that's not a death that took place directly on that day, and he was not like killed. Also, by there were protesters. never any murder charges. Yeah, so if if that was if this was the case, there would have been murder charges. Yes. They would have played that up, you know, to the nth extent. Um, yeah, so like Brent said, the, the only death that took place on that day as a result of like actual violence, the only person that was killed, the only person that was killed was actually, was actually, was actually Vavin. So Interesting make point. of that what you will. And, you know, so, but look, you know, they, <clears throat> they were crazy for going in there like that though. And she was climbing through a window like that. That's crazy, man. These, these people were very serious. They were mad. Yeah. Brick, if you want to send me a message on Twitter, I can send you the link to join the stream later. If you yeah, they were pissed, man. Acapopolis. If you got me on Twitter, I'll send you the link. Well, how much longer are we going to stream? What time is it now? I, it's only 7.14. Maybe we'll do like another 40 minutes. I, I, want, think... I still want to get into some stuff about MK Ultra. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, and we're not really quite done. So 
The other thing is that he busts in. He says that he he tells people repeatedly that he has a knife and he uses that in order to get himself to the front of the push. <clears throat> and that was actually the basis of the weapons charges. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I never said anything. I, he never said anything when Donald Trump was elected. James Sullivan recalled of John. We go to the ranch and have dinner with my dad and mom, and we just have normal conversations about politics. We would rip on Nancy Pelosi, and then George Floyd happened, and he became a radical. And he started defaming my family, called my dad a white supremacist, said that I abused my kids. And again, this is James, the brother, speaking. Uh, he was telling people that I savagely beat my now fiance and just trying to destroy me. Mm. See, I wonder though, like you said, how much of this is true? How much of this is like a feigned thing? It would be interesting to like talk to James, but even then, could we trust someone like him if we talked to him and asked him questions? I don't know. You know, would he really be telling us the full truth about his own involvement and possibly, you know, provocative? <laughs> so I'm not going to read all of things. this. This goes on. I'll show you guys. So. Well, I think I think Blumenthal did. Blumenthal <laughs> did an extensive dive. This article I linked it in the chat earlier. Um, I yeah, will, he did well in this article. Uh, really put everything together. I'll put it in the description too of the video at some point. Um, but yeah, here you can see him showing it. This is in DC. Uh, I don't this one. This one I can probably show that. Yeah, this one I think I can play. What's going on? Oh, What's going on, everybody? My name is John Sullivan. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My group is Insurgents USA. We fucking about to burn this shit down. Fuck this shit. Who? Anybody out here? Right, I'm not gonna play much more. Yeah. Well, but, but again, a good a good little tidbit of an example. You can get you know just of, to give a sample of what this guy was like. You know. Yeah. Um, and again, apparently he used the same similar language uh, to encourage looting. Uh, in November 2020, Sullivan pu published a video of himself encouraging looters during intense protests against the lethal police shooting of Karen Hilton, a youth from D.C.'s Ward 4. Language he used to egg on them was practically identical to his encouragement of the pro-Trump rioters inside the Capitol. Um, repeatedly insinuated himself in the BLM protests. Um, yes, Brick, for real. Send me a message on. Okay. He said awesome. he did. Okay, cool. Yeah, he messaged uh, He was part of the reason. The battle with the Proud Boys erupted that night. Love said some of the activists that went off with Sullivan were absent. There were some people with him that should have probably been with us. So that's when we really started pushing, making sure, letting everybody know, stay away from this guy. So he would like peel activists off and use them and take them to get in trouble and arrested. And this is another thing that Dan and I witnessed when we were down in D.C. is that there were people in the crowd going around trying to recruit others. Yeah. We remember one specific incident of someone brandishing a flag, Trump flag, um, and they were being followed by a trail of people behind them. I don't know, maybe five, six, seven. I don't remember. It wasn't like a whole lot of them. Maybe like a dozen people. But they were, you know, they were going through the crowd and they came <laughs> past us and they were kind of, oh, we're storming the Capitol. Come, Come on, on, let's go. We're storming. Right now, I just there like, <laughs> we're like, that's a bad idea. Are you sure you want to go over there and, and join that? Like, that's probably a stupid idea because at this time, it was already, it was already happening. Like, there was already a breach. You could see all the people on the there stairs. There was smoke and, yeah. you know, people were all over the scaffolding. Yeah. So this and... this was when we had already gone away from where Trump was speaking and 
you know, we we marched to the Capitol. Yeah. We walked across the the National Lawn and the the, yeah, yeah. the area between the uh, the, the and that that's where, there. That's where I remember these people sort of peeling off from the crowd, and all of a sudden, yeah. Just and as as to we approached the Capitol, it was just you know that we were hanging out there, just chatting and, t and talking to people, and we took some video. And again, I'll yeah. put that link in the description, but also it's in the it's the Bright Tion link. Another thing too, Brent, I want to talk about is like you know the amount of people. But you know, what? we can air that yeah. video. The amount of people I can who, play that. You could. It's ours. The amount of people who's like charges did end up getting dropped just because like they didn't even know where they were allowed to be not allowed to be like barriers were taken down all of that stuff was gone by the time we had even arrived to uh the grounds around where we were and we weren't even that close to the building um later we we passed close to it because we had to get to uh the subway to get back to where we were staying but you know there were no barriers all that stuff was gone already and just there were people everywhere um and there were so many people that there was like no control anymore the capitol police had already pushed back pulled back into the building and outside was kind of just like free reign are you messing this guy back yeah just messaging bricks so let him know how to join the stream um but it's like yeah you know and how many other people like that were doing something similar trying to collect others and were they planted there you know like the guys who who walked past us and were trying to bring other people and get them close to the building and, and have them follow them where they planted there where they told to do that or were they just these you know delusional trump patriot type guys who are like they saw it happening they got excited they're like oh my god this is historical i want to be part of this we're gonna start the new government or whatever i don't know you know i i think could be some of that and maybe someone was planted there to gather some of those types to come along don't know but it was suspicious it was really odd to us we were like why are you, why do you want to go over there and you're gonna go break the law they're gonna get you guys like this is a trap yeah so that's the thing whenever you engage in illegal activity that is yeah. one way they can just start to rile you up well and jones was there alex jones was there we weren't near him because we were on the other side alex jones was on the total was, opposite side he was actually he was on the north yeah. side i think or the northwest he part. wasn't near us though we, we were even, on the yeah. southwest part he couldn't hear us though also he, it's, yeah. it's a huge it's area a there it's were big. so many people but he's loud if anyone knows what alex is like he's like he's loud and he was he, on a megaphone he's on a megaphone and we couldn't hear him from where we were and he was loud so it goes to show you how big the space is and just how many people were there so we didn't we didn't even get to see him but he was up there screaming with the megaphone saying this yelling at the people on the Don't steps go in get telling down. them to stop like pull back you know this is a trap like so you know even alex jones was like oh my god and that's we a will, trap and interestingly enough the last video that i saw that mr uh, john sullivan had put up on his youtube channel is a 30-minute indictment blaming alex jones for the attack on the capitol yeah. isn't that fascinating isn't that interesting the guy who is who's in there telling people to burn this down <laughs> is making footage now on his new little channel saying that well alex jones is actually the reason that things got out of hand and blah 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 blah. when alex was actually there on his megaphone telling people to stop <laughs> so yeah it's fascinating to look at that inversion of truth that inversion of reality of what actually happened and love or hate alex jones those are the facts of the matter that's what he was doing and how he was behaving that day he was trying to calm people down and he was telling them to stop to keep it peaceful to not go in there all of that, etc. And John Sullivan was doing the total opposite. He went in there. He provoked people. He wanted something to happen. So, all right, inverting so truth. <clears throat> let's move on to his, his channel. channel. Yeah. So, this is Mr. Sullivan's current YouTube channel. Um, his less subs than us. Oh, <laughs> stop, no, I was proud of that. I was like, 
well, look, at least he's not getting any traction. <laughs> well, so, but the, the interesting thing about his channel is that he is putting up a lot of content. Yes. He's pumping it out. Yeah. It's also like, these are, these are actually really nice yeah. thumbnails. Um, very professional looking. Um, and it, it makes me wonder where is he getting his, who's doing his video editing? Yeah. Is he doing all of it? How does <laughs> he have time? Whoever is doing his video editing, I want to do our video editing. Yeah, for real. How does he have time for all this? Like, does he, does he work? Well, this is all he does. Like, and if this is all he does, where's his money coming from? But look, um, all these, all these shorts, you know, he's got yeah. all these shorts from two days ago. It's like one, two, three. I can, I do. I'm lucky if I get one short, maybe a week, two, yeah. three. Just because I don't, um, I don't, I'm not that regimented with it. But he's got a lot of shorts. Oh, these were cute. So these are the ones cute? where cute. That's not the word I would use well, for it. <laughs> so these are the ones where he likes to like throw fireballs at things. Yeah. So and he's got a couple of these where he sort of like you know does some woo woo superpower. Yeah. So they're video edited. You know, for people who might just be listening, they're <laughs> video edits of him like throwing energy balls and stuff. Like he's in Dragon Ball doing Z lightning or, or some shit. There's a couple you of these. I mean? So it's like, <laughs> what is this shit, man? Seriously, who is this guy, and why is he not locked up? Why is he out with his dumb little YouTube channel? He got away with going in the building, so got away with throwing people up, and he's over here making little Dragon Ball Z videos and and posting vid like multiple videos every day. It just Again, what is going on? So I found this uh, this website, American Gulag, here. It has a whole sort of collection on Mr. Sullivan. It was very useful uh, for me gathering the research and finding things. Um, so he was arrested in Salt Lake City, uh, charged with a bunch of stuff. And these are just the Utah charges. And then um, his chart, the, the whole thing got sort of pushed back because the federal charges supersede the state charges. So the federal thing has to get resolved first. Um, and as you can see, this is the case docket, you know, for his, his case. Um, and there have been a lot of, of memos and notices and motions. This has gone back and forth a lot. So I, I just went to the last one and I clicked it to open that up. And uh, this is just to, this is where it's at right now is they pushed it back. They were supposed to have a, a hearing on April 20th, 2022. It looks like it got pushed back perhaps 60 days. So that would have been April, uh, May, June. So it, there should have been a June thing that happened, but I, I didn't see any indication that the June thing had actually happened. Um, so they're just talking about pushing it back and um, they are, uh, you know, they, they say basically to give people more time for like, there's a lot of material to go through additional time will afford the United States time to continue to produce discovery and defense counsel time to review and investigate any matters as needed. And the party's time to discuss any possible pretrial resolution of this matter. So it, it makes me wonder, are they trying to draw this out? Is this, are they trying to make this go away mm -hmm. because he is working in some capacity still for the federal government? Yes. Uh, when he puts out videos blaming Alex Jones for, you know, the attack on the Capitol, which is kind of like one of those little CIA, FBI talking points. Again, it's the inversion of truth. He's blaming Alex for provoking people when that's literally what he was doing. And Alex was trying to do the opposite. So, so I just want to click here. <laughs> this is funny. This following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to mm -hmm. some audiences. 
He um, must never. So I was watching. I watched seven minutes before I had to okay, turn it off. Yeah. So this is like thirty-three minutes of like strung together foot, strung together footage. Look, of at Alex. This, look at the quality of this yeah, intro, right? Intro here. and all that. Like, like it's just like really, it's pretty good. It's really I mean, well done. Yeah. I, I kind of, I really want to play it just to give you guys no, a sample. But I don't want to do yeah. the. Uh, I don't want to get copyright. But you can see it's a lot of advanced. You know, look at these graphics. Like yeah. this is high quality. So he takes all these like clips of Alex going crazy and yelling and stuff, and some of them are like old clips too. Puts some strings them together. A lot, most of it out of context, and he has like this sort of like ominous, creepy music going throughout the whole video, and then it's kind of interspersed with uh, clips of him commenting about Alex and yes, blaming him for inciting the January sixth incident, and then also professional yeah. setup. He's uh, using a teleprompter. When you watch, you can see his eyes going back and forth across the screen, yeah, so he's, he's clearly reading. reading. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder, you know, who, who wrote it? Did he write it? Yeah. And then he's got these like really aggressive clips of Alex. Well, Alex know. has so many of them. This one, this was hilarious. If you guys didn't see the, the time that they had Alex Jones on the Joe Rogan podcast and Johnny Bravo, like wound him up by, uh, I forget what did he said here. Classic moment though. Uh, he wound him up. He said something about, oh, it was the late term abortion thing. Like he was telling them that there's, there's no late term abortion, Alex. And Alex is like, ah! I can yeah. totally freak it out. The freak out is great though. It's so but memeable. It's like, very, it's very classic yeah. Alex. Um, and so yeah, they, he's got his pro wrestler style. Then they show a clip from his, uh, his indictment. You know, he brings up the fact this is a low point for Alex, but they love to drill him on it because, yeah. um, you know, he, he sort of fell for the Sandy hook, uh, crisis actor hoax and, um, got nailed on it because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a hoax. Well, he like apparently, mocked some of the parents who people had died and stuff and yeah he he got dragged for this for sure and yeah, for a bit of good reason but he's also spoken out about it quite a few times apologized he's like i was wrong you know and yeah look someone like alex they they will look at any of the craziest weirdest type of conspiracy and they might be a little more prone to believing these things but you got to give the guy credit man he's been accurate about a lot of shit. so it just it strikes me the title of this video uh, pure evil alex jones plans to storm yeah. the capitol <laughs> yeah isn't this funny? full documentary isn't this funny the guy the guy who literally stormed the capitol is blaming this other guy and then you go into the comments you go into the comments and you see you know it's like one guy makes four comments and one other person just like geez yep. i'm like are these his sock puppets? yeah is, is scott graver like jade uh jaden x's little sock puppet <laughs> maybe one knows? has to wonder who knows man um oh no i don't think he will i think he's actually a person i think we really clicked him yeah. oh I don't, I don't know who that is that's the bell i'm gonna go grab it and i'll continue uh yeah okay. Sorry guys, someone's at the door. No Radar's freaking out a bit. But yeah, this this uh this video that John did about Alex is really rich, man. And like I said, you know, say what you want about Alex Jones, like him, hate him. The fact of the matter is his presence that day, he wasn't he wasn't the one trying to rile things up. He wasn't the one trying to cause trouble. Uh I, from the footage I've seen, he was very much trying to calm people down and that's just the facts of the matter. Go look the footage up. But John is uh, quite the opposite. So it's fascinating to see this inversion of truth. Like I said earlier, um, he's literally he's literally presenting the opposite of what happened. <laughs> so, but yeah, at least it's not getting that much traction. I mentioned that earlier. He has less subs than us. Uh, his videos seem like they're getting an average of three-digit views, which most of ours do as well, except one of our recent ones, which popped off. Um, but yeah.
Who is that? Uh, that's actually like really good news. It was my neighbor, our neighbor. He's going to join us in the legal battle against our evil landlord. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, oh, you should have clicked it back to the thing. Oh, uh, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't even realize I was on the other screen. Though. All right. Let me, let me bring Brick in. Brick, we're going to pull you in here. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, wow. This is insane. Welcome. Oh, welcome. Oh, what's up, you guys? Yo. Nothing. Nice chilling. To, nice to, to meet, meet you digitally. <laughs> Nice to meet you, gentlemen. Uh, how's my mic? Because this is new, so I, I... You sound fine. Sound good. Sounds okay. Right. Nice like, to meet you, gentlemen. You uh, how's my mic? Because this is new, so I... I... You sound fine. Sound good. Sounds okay. Right. Echo yeah, nice like, to meet you, gentlemen. Well, Jesus, I got a lot of echo. How, how do I fix that? That was, Let me that see. Was, that was you. That was me. That was Brent. I had the, I had the stream open on a tab oh sure. okay okay i, went I just like i wanted to comment on bricks like really like deep bro voice <laughs> oh it's totally fake. <laughs> totally fake i mean seriously you guys it, it, I don't like show. I, totally put on a show stop <laughs> you stop, stop it Sarah. so brick have you uh have you heard of mr sullivan before like what's your uh extent of his uh, uh no honestly this is like you have de-virginized me on this man um, sweet yeah but like i'm all about this shit like uh that's why i was like dude i i gotta talk to these guys because you start talking deep state stuff I, i'm all in uh um, well, how much do you know about mk ultra i know a lot about mk ultra so for people that aren't um in the uh in the know mk ultra was revealed during the 1975 church committee it was a government investigation into the use of LSD and sensory deprivation in order to uh, control people's minds or influence their ability to uh, to function in the world. It's the and, basis of Stranger Things. Yeah, it is the basis. It actually, <laughs> that is that is true. Actually, <laughs> that is in fact true. George said that Brick's voice is hot. What's <laughs> up, George? How are you? <laughs> so, George, you should do movie trailers or something. <laughs> That's actually what got me into radio and stuff. Was really the, in the world. Yeah, yeah. nice. No, there's de there is definitely something to having a particular voice. I think and doing this sort of thing, podcasting, radioing, that sort of thing. Totally. Well, I don't have the voice. You got the voice, though. I literally have never live streamed. I've uh, I started YouTubing ten years ago. I broke my back and my neck, so I didn't make oh videos God. for like nine years. So wow. I just started again um, and made three videos in the past few weeks or whatever, and uh, all because a lot because of Nina. So it's kind of funny that I found you guys through Nina's stream. And I was like, I, you guys are dope. I like you. I want to hang out with you guys. That's how we felt about her. Um, you well, know, she's I, awesome. She's, she's so funny. cool. Carrie Smith told us about her, but actually it turned out Brent and her sort of like knew each other a little bit. Cause we, we, all, uh, we were yeah. on an internet forum together a long we, time ago. We all frequent this kind of like conspiracy type forum thing that we like to hang out on. But like Nina is definitely our people. We like, we like yeah. the stuff. We like the, you know, out of the box thinking and really asking like the really crazy questions about what's happening. Everything from, you know, psychopaths to like aliens to, you know, it's what is, what is the thing when you find people that think out of, like, sorry to interrupt. I'm, no, that's fine. Like I said, I'm okay, still okay. trying to figure this out. It's uh, <laughs> but it's so it's so cool when you find other people that aren't afraid to think like that and admit they think like that. Yeah. It, it's like, oh yes, come, 
please yeah. be a freak with me. Please. The, the conspiracy theorist label is like, you know, it's it's like a brand, yeah. you know, wearing the scarlet letter. And as it was intended in, you know, the late 60s, I think it was in 1967, they started uh, slandering anybody who doubted the official story about the JFK assassination as a conspiracy theorist in yeah, order did it. To ride, and you know that 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 was the origins of the term. Interestingly yeah. enough, but I think you're you're correct, and and just a lot of people. I think there are more people than we realize who do like to think about these things and ask questions and speculate maybe about things being a little weirder than maybe they seem. But they're too afraid to verbalize that. They're too afraid to have conversations and talk about it and say like, hey, you know, I've thought about that too. You know, maybe, maybe reptilians are real. I don't fucking know. Like, who Mark knows? Zuckerberg, what more proof do we need? <laughs> but, you know, I think it, it's, it's, it's great to be so open that you're just, you're really not afraid anymore about having conversations, literally about like anything, man. And the weirdest shit is on the table for us. That's why we started this show. Part of dude i found out once you really i can swear right yeah yeah we're not monetized not okay yet. neither am i dude i got 55 subs so <laughs> dude, you'll, you'll get there, man. i remember right. i remember when we had 55 subs. Yeah, there. but there's something that is so freeing about when you stop giving a fuck what people think about you this is true yeah yeah and then yeah. when you reach that precipice then you gravitate towards other people that think like that, and that's how you find cool people to talk to. Yeah, just, just the opinion of a no. There is something to that, although I do think it's a little more complicated personally. Like I think, I think we should try to give a fuck about what the people who give a fuck about us think about us, and you know, and because they'll tell us the truth. Perhaps there are things we're doing, saying that you know are dumb, and you know, if someone cares about you, they're gonna point that out to you yeah and i think if you can discern that they truly really do care about you yeah you you listen to them you know and you try to give a fuck about what they think about you because you're like they care about me so maybe they're right but generally speaking in regards strangers, to strangers i guess in to the general internet and population of people who yeah. you'll probably never meet and interact with and maybe we'll see what you're saying and doing online if you're an outspoken person yeah it's it's liberating as fuck to talk about whatever the hell you want to not be afraid to touch even the most taboo things you can think of and just have the conversations you know if it makes people yeah. uncomfortable then go somewhere else like Okay, so I was going to show a little bit of the footage that we shot, oh, but yeah. I just realized I, one of the problems with this and the YouTube is that uh, some of the things that they say on here, I'm not going to be able to air. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, so when the protesters explain why I they're there, why they're <laughs> yeah. what, what they say in regards to why they're there is not allowed to be said um, on YouTube. But here's so. just some general... Uh, some general footage, I think. We can... This was. This is from the My Brighton video. Okay. Just to kind of give a little bit. Yeah, you can see the obelisk there, the Washington Monument. Oh, this was that guy from um, Romania, right? Yeah, no, his parents were Romanian immigrants who came here uh, during the during the uh, communist uh, takeover. And then he explained that his flag was like representative when they yeah. removed Ceausescu from the the palace or whatever. They they cut the hole out of the the flag, and that's why the Romanian flag has all. Yeah, I mean that guy was definitely a little radical. <laughs> this was where he was speaking. Uh, 
Starbucks, you just get an idea of how many people that were there and the, the general vibe. Everybody was wow. so forward. Honestly, this is like a sample of what was there. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, this was us waiting to hear Trump speak. He was going to speak like over, way over there. And this was during the uh, the walk. So yeah, this is pause it. Crazy. This was right after he finished speaking and the march began. And there's something interesting about this moment for me. I've been wanting to write about it too, like a poem or something. Just I had this really like sad experience almost during this. He was playing Frank Sinatra. You know, I did it my way, mm-hmm. and it just felt very much like a. Almost like, I don't know, I got this feeling that Trump knew it was the end. and that, The end of an era. And that there was no hope that this was going to be overturned. And if it almost felt like he wanted to do something, you know, with Jan 6 showing up there, talking to this base that, you know, listened to him. Some send off something to them to just give them something, you know. And I was almost a little sad just because people put so much hope into single figures, right? Politicians. Yeah personality and in many ways trump very much is that you know i'm not saying he's like hitler or the devil or any or anything of that sort but you know people put a lot of stock and hope and faith into these these figures to solve their problems to to fix their lives to you know heal this country and man we're the only ones who can do that you know dude i was a severe victim of tds like trump terrain like i hated the man you know, I was just like, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I consider myself center and I just want what's best for everybody. Which and- is hard. <laughs> right. hard to how, to, how to do that, you know, and who's to say what is best for everyone, too? you know, it's exactly. And my issue with Trump was he had good policies, but it's like, dude, you are inciting so many people just chill for a minute. You but know? that that style did play very much to advantage. You know, it's yeah, like it's. Definitely love or hate the guy, the the way he used Twitter. I talk about this often, but the way he used Twitter to directly, you know, have that line, that direct line to his base and to be able to speak to them in that direct way. No president or, you know, people campaigning for a presidency. You know, I'm talking 2016 here, especially no one had ever used social media in that way before he did. And I take him over Biden any fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Biden's basically a corpse. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he, he did. Finger puppeted by the the World Economic Forum and see Klaus Schwab, and yeah, see Hillary Clinton, and yeah, see they, Obama. It's you know I, I I agree with you there. You know the the state of things right now is not looking too good, and you know I don't so like that. I never really liked Trump either. You know I, I don't hate him, but right. I would hold him up as someone that I necessarily like or want to emulate maybe in certain ways, you know, for certain things. And there are certain things you got to admire about a businessman and someone who does build himself up. And yeah, I I do respect him. I might not like him, but I respect the shit out of his grind and his hustle for sure. He's also just like a fascinating historical figure to me. There's something, I don't know, just really fascinating about him. I don't don't know what it is. I don't know, (laughs) but it's because he's so damn unique, man. There's yeah. nobody like him. Like, yeah. He's him. That's. But, you know, like I was going to say, like, I do agree with you that despite the fact that he's someone that I wouldn't say necessarily like, I think we would be better off right now with him still in office. And I think I concur. 
that sudden change in the way it was done and the fact that there's never going to be any peace over this. And this is one of the no. things Brett and I, you know, why we're going to keep talking about Jan 6 ourselves. And because we know the left isn't going to let it go. Those people right, are. So you're rambling. Let me wrap I am rambling. I'm I want to wrap but, up yeah. the conversation about um, uh, John Earl Sullivan real quick. Yeah, so I'm sorry, guys. Know, <laughs> no, you're so good. Okay. I'm sorry. I also want to bring it. Yeah, it. Kind of, we're just winging it. But um, so the last thing is that we don't know what's going to come of all these charges. He's got all these charges. Um, we're waiting to see what's going to happen. There should have been something in January, uh, but I couldn't find any follow up um, or any documentation on what went down or not in January. I'm sorry. In June, there should have been something that just went down. Um, and I don't see any newer documentation or, or any stories about it. There's no media coverage of this. Of the most recent story in the media, I believe, is from May of 2021, uh, talking about civil, uh, the civil forfeiture of the 90000 that he got paid for his footage. Um, the government took it, and they are not going to give it back, is what yeah. they say. So, uh, which goes back to one of the things we were asking earlier: like, where the hell is this guy getting his money? Especially if, like, all that was taken where's from his him? income yeah. coming from? How is he still doing? Somebody it? is funding this dude. Somebody's funding him for sure. It seems um, so, and this is where they ha they've had a bunch of motions to dismiss um, uh, the counts from uh, his thing, but I don't I don't see anything where it's where this has been responded to. Um, so his motion is mess supports as follows. So, and then he gives, you know, reasons why the charge should be dismissed. Uh, I forget which one that was. Just look at the comments really quick. I see George is getting some love from Sue Escobar. Yeah, George is great. Go check out our recent episode with him. Yeah, it was funny. It's um, mostly says, about Brad. Yeah, George is cool, dude. Says, I learned of Dangerous Rhetoric from Carrie Smith when she had them on her show, A Small World of Wonderful People. Thank you. We appreciate that. We love Carrie. She is just a, a lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Um, her vibe checks out. You know, we got to spend some time with her. Um, not too long ago. So. Was like a meter and like chill yeah. with her? Yeah, we hung out with her twice. You know, we met her in Texas. Awesome. Um, and that was after we had her on the show. And then we went to the Minds Festival of Ideas uh, in New York City. And she came to stay with us, stayed at our apartment for the weekend. And oh, that's cool. Spent some time with her. And she's a great person. She's she's yeah, she is. So shout out to Carrie if she sees this. Um, so basically the end story with Mr. Sullivan is that he's still producing a bunch of videos um, he's not really getting much traction yeah, with them. Thankfully. <laughs> well, it's just interesting because like he's, I, I guess it does show that well, the, the, the CIA talking point stuff really doesn't get traction. Yeah. But it also shows like why our questions about where the funding is coming from are valid questions. Cause you're clearly not getting it from your channel. You know, you clearly don't have this following this large base who are funding the things that he's doing. So how is he, how is he still out here active in doing these things? And yeah, I was going to ask you guys, is he like out active or is yeah, he just yeah. like sitting yeah. in the basement like yeah. I am right now? He's, I'm in my mom's basement because I'm that guy. Or is he's, he actually out doing shit? He's, he's doing shit out doing shit. And this is this is one of the reasons we're talking about this guy, because why? Why is he out when there are other people who did less than him on Jan 6 who are still locked up right now? So you have to. Who, Who's the guy that was on Tim Pool recently? Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, I do. I don't remember, but I think Brent and I did watch. Did we watch that? Which one? Uh, it was a Jan Six. Um, one of the prisoners who. Yeah, and they came at him so hard. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh God. Yeah. 
<laughs> just look at the titles of his, some of his videos. Like the first one, this one blames Alex Jones for January 6th. Yeah, this I, one is like about Russia invading. Why Ukraine. did Russia invade Ukraine? How, is, how disinformation is being used by Russia. I mean, yeah, it's the to- all the talking points of like the mainstream media. No cops, no prisons, total <laughs> abolition. <laughs> total abolition. China's plot to take over the world. How, how strong is Russia's yeah. army? I mean, all this stuff. Yeah, and it's all very, like, I don't know, inflammatory and s- sensationalist to kind of. Yeah. I don't know, but his. Video look editing, at me. His the video quality of his editing is, is what really strikes me. Yeah. It's that the videos are very professionally done. Yeah. Someone's working with him. And Somebody. Because yeah, editing's a bitch. It's yeah. so hard. And <laughs> it's it's such a bitch. <laughs> Is he paying that editor or is he just doing all this himself? And even if he is doing all this himself, how does he have time for that? Like, where are you getting your money from? Like, well, credit cards, probably. It's either this is all he does. But, you know, you know, Daniel and I dedicate a lot of time to, you know, our Internet stuff and producing content. And we don't have nearly as much as content as he does. And it's not nearly as professional or high quality as his. Well, we do as much as we can and still, like, maintain our sanity whatever's Dude, left it's a lot of work it i is. mean it's so much work, work. because i like i said i'm really new to the game hopping back into it and just to get three videos up in two weeks took me forever and that was straight up editing you know like filming it doesn't take that long filming sitting in front of the camera is the easiest part yeah everything after that it's the research going into it then the editing after the fact and then you know, reading articles like this, like this topic, you guys obviously know what you're talking about. So it's not like you're hopping on stream and it's going, who's this guy? What does he have to say? Hmm, let's talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's a style, too, though. And you can do that. There are plenty of streamers who just go on and they're, you know, they're just streaming, doing whatever, figuring things out as they go. Maybe they're just hanging out and talking like one of our friends, uh, Starson, who we've had on the show before, she does regular streams where she does drawings. Like she'll, she'll have the camera. Artist too, awesome. Yeah, so she'll be live drawing and just shooting the shit and hanging out with people who follow her channel and talking about whatever, politics, maybe yeah. bring someone on with her like we're doing right now. Same sort of thing. So not all content has to be structured in that way. I think it depends on what is like the purpose of the content. What are you trying right. to achieve? Are you having a long-form conversation? Or are you trying to like instruct someone about something in an organized way to present information. And when you're doing that, I think there's going to be more editing involved. Whereas yeah. when you're doing this, you know, this is live streaming. So obviously no editing, but even I, when, I love this, I don't ever want to go back to editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but even when Brent and I do like our more formal episodes and we pre-record those conversations that we do, which I have watched, I told you I'd have your back. <laughs> We appreciate that, man. But typically we don't like do editing for those either unless there's like some real like blip or like an interruption or something we got to cut out. So, you know, we've kept it to a minimum and that's made it a little easier on us. But we do want to like get an intro going and and things like that. So we we're going to have to step up the editing game a bit. Well, Holler at me on that, guys. I'd I'd, seriously, I'd love to collab with you. And like I draw, I've I have some some editing experience i went to school for broadcasting radio and stuff like that so my audio editing experience has translated well into the video aspect of it yeah uh if that makes sense i just yeah. subbed your channel i like it everybody should go sub to Bridge. yeah channel. and uh join our get, him, uh, get brick on our discord too. we gotta be like more active on our discord try to get like a little community in there what's the discord it's just like a, like a chat platform sort of 
I'm such a boomer. <laughs> I know what it is. But. Discord is a third-party program. It lets you make your own voice server, and you can also have chat channels, okay. and you can set it up. It's free. You can set it up however you want. Oh, yeah, man, free. You can restrict it to like yeah. certain people. It's so. uh, it's typically used for gaming a lot, but also you know like I know we have it, a memes channel in ours. Yeah, I can, let me post the link for sometimes it. friend groups will make their own channels on there, Anybody. but also like content creators sometimes will have their own Discord channel where people okay. can go and interact with them. And it's also a big thing in like the NFT crypto space, you know, NFT yeah. communities and a lot of them congregate with their specific clubs on gotcha. their Discord. you can also download the software or you can use a web browser which is kind of you know it makes it really versatile for people yeah. um, i put the invite in the chat channel for ours so if folks have this yeah did you say you subbed to me did i did i miss that yeah no i should have yeah i did yeah. really thank you like seriously dude yeah. that's that's freaking awesome 57 now. Hold on, I'm gonna sub to you on all my channels. <laughs> dude, really, dude, you you have no you have no idea how cool that is. Bump like, the number up. So. Like uh, seriously, I appreciate that. I you have, like wow. Who would have known? Think- I was sitting on the couch with my cat like two hours ago, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, all right, there Frederick's going live. Let's let's check their shit out. Man, we own <laughs> shit, but we we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, so- thank you. So the MK, I wanted to get back to MK Ultra a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's talk about MK Ultra. I so love it. This is, this is an interesting little summary of the. Uh, where's my cursor? Okay, there it is. Um, an interesting little summary. You know, it was headed by Sidney Gottlieb. Began in April 50, 1953, on orders of then CIA director Alan Welsh Dulles. Alan Dulles, everyone will recall, was key in in covering up the assassination of JFK. In well, I, I always thought it was Dulles. Dulles is Dulles. it Dulles? And there Dulles, was there was, was two Dulles. of them. It was Dulles. him and him yeah, and his are, brother, the yeah. Dulles brothers, both were heavily involved in, in the Central Intelligence Agency. And Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA. Which who I should say Kennedy? Does he have an airport? Yeah, then yes. ended after. Yeah. So Kennedy fired him actually as head of the CIA. And then shortly after, um, you know, when Kennedy was assassinated, Alan Dulles ended up as uh, part of the Warren Commission to investigate. He was the head of the Warren Commission. Head of the Warren Commission. So think about this. Like, God, I love other people yeah. who love history. Think about it. It's like the president gets assassinated. And then this guy who is the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, who was fired by that president. Ends, ends up, up as, head, as the guy investigating yeah. his death. Head of the Who is also probably, you know, in, in you know, the most likely person yes. to be involved in his death. But this is my point. Like, <laughs> no way. That total fox guarding the hen house. But it's no a total way. conflict of interest when you think about it. Just on a very common sense level. You're like, why the hell would you put that guy as head of the yeah. body to investigate the assassination of someone who fired him? Right. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. So um, let's see. Going in here... Um, they really so the original justification was they wanted to make a truth serum, so they thought that they could use LSM for that. But since it wasn't working, they started to explore its use in mind control, and you know potentially using it to assassinate foreign leaders, um, or you know control foreign leaders. Uh, for the next twenty years, the CIA, in conjunction with the Special Operations Manchurian Candidate. Yep, uh, engaged in a panoply of illegal act- uh, illegal activities. I love that word, panoply. Yes. 
most controversially, unwitting test subjects were subject to a number of techniques to alter their mental state and brain functions, including the administration of drugs like LSD, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, as well as a variety of torture techniques. Sounds like my life story. <laughs> Girl, that's tragedy. I know, I'm um, sorry. But this is what they do. Uh, and so if anybody, so the, the, the deeper, if you want to really go into mind control, you have to look up the green bomb speech. Yes. That's G R E E N B A U M yeah. green bomb. Yeah. All of our conspiracy nerds go read the green bomb. That intro. now what? That, after the stream, not now, not now, after, after the stream, after the stream, but it's, that is a deep dive in from this guy, DC Hammond, who gave a speech in 1994 <clears throat> that infamously became came known as the green bomb speech and in it he he was a therapist uh his specialty was dealing with subjects who had what was called multiple personality disorder at the time what we call dissociative identity disorder yeah. now we can argue whether or not that even exists yeah, it doesn't exist sorry but anyway he so he gave this speech and what he was finding among all his patients was this consistent programming this alpha beta gamma like different, you know, using the uh, the Greek alphabet and a lot of a symbolism from the Kabbalah, which is uh, Jewish mysticism. And he, you know, through hypnotic regression with his subjects, he would ferret out all these different programs or alters in in the in their psyche and what they were used for. And a lot of the they had they had programs for being sex slaves. They had programs for drug running. They had assassination programs. They had self destruct programs, and they were all they the programs didn't really have an awareness of each other. Um, and he had to, the way he had a very specific technique to go in and clear the programming so that that fraction part of the person's personality could reintegrate whole. Wasn't there also a way to like trigger that part of the person to come out, right? When they needed them with like a specific yeah, they could word or, triggers, or yeah. Yeah. words or phrases, you know, a phone call could to be used to so, activate the individual. So I yeah, just, that shit is real. That shit is real. I just thought of Winter Soldier, which is a, a good, yeah, yeah, a good, <laughs> totally. It's this sort of thing, you know, that we're talking about here. That, that's what <laughs> I, I don't think people realize how much fiction is derived from the crazy shit that really happens in our yes, world. This is true. And reality is stranger than fiction, man. It really is for sure. Gilly that's, said it's the hardest truth for people to believe. Gilly said, "Read the Green Bomb speech." During daylight hours, we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna read it at night. It'll give you nightmares. You're gonna be like, hmm, "That's my sure. bombed. So, getting back to uh, MK Ultra, 1955 document describes the substance used. Um, they include drugs that would promote illogical thinking, impulsiveness. The point where a recipient would be discredited in the public. Because so, yeah, definitely uh, cause victims to age faster, recreate the effects of alcohol. Um, all kinds of stuff. And then LSD eventually came to dominate the program. Um, there was, this is an interesting, uh, there was an interesting project called, uh, what was it? Midnight, Midnight Climax, I think was the name of the project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope for that every night. They, they dosed, <laughs> so they dosed people that were working in, or they dosed the customers at brothels and then watched and filmed the proceedings via one-way mirrors. Probably. No way. This is news to me. This is real. This <laughs> oh, I have research to do tonight. Oh yeah, look up Operation Midnight Climax. It's something we talked about. They talked about yeah. it on Rogan a couple. Well, of I times. want to comment really quick on you know you brought up the LSD here being used, and they were using other drugs too. 
look, MK Ultra and the CIA and these intelligence agencies, they they had a huge hand in many ways in the counterculture movement at the time. And it very much seems like they wanted to like promote drugs and these sorts of altered states. Yeah, but yeah, in like a like a kind of just free, irresponsible, blow your consciousness wide open type of way. And you know, one of the one of the things Brent and I have thought about this is, you know, was part of why they were doing that is was it to just, you know, kind of pacify people. You know, because well, they I the anti-war movement just really quick was like a big thing at this time. And it almost just, it feels like they wanted to get as many people as possible to just like, what is, what is the phrase that, uh, what's his name used? Um, to tune in, tap out, drop out. What is it? Tune in, drop out. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Something along those You know lines. who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, in here. The guy, Timothy Leary, that's what I'm talking about. But it feels like they want as many people as possible to become these sort of passive participants thinking they can just sit and meditate and take drugs and Bodha mantra and that collectively they can all change reality when really it's just you're not doing anything they would rather have you sit there not doing anything than actually actively resisting and rising up and i don't know i think there might be something to that and why they want to promote hippie culture and that sort of thing i don't know i i'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that but i think it's one of two things they wanted to pacify the people that they knew they could pacify <clears throat> Yeah. So like the people that bought into that, they weren't going to do shit and you pacify them like that. They're not going to do anything, but the people that they can bring to their side and, you know, almost enlist into what they're trying to do that are encouraged by that shit. That was also, I think, part of the plan yeah. was if you react to this stuff and you want to become a soldier and you want to rule yeah. the world with yeah. us and I think. Well, they different drugs for different purposes, right? Different drugs for different purposes. You know, yes. we didn't we didn't even go into like using the crack cocaine epidemic to say like use you know the black community and and things like that, or like whether or not they concocted AIDS in the laboratory, and that was like the first Coof nineteen. Okay, that's yeah. 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 adorable, by the way. I am, but hey, this is the conspiracy episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So basically, with the the whole thing continued and then um they eventually got exposed and then it was supposed to end in always does these but really when it when it what ends it just gets moved into a private from a public yeah. you know institution into private hands yeah i think they they changed names these programs yeah. but yeah. i i don't believe for a second that people in power within our you know control system that we live through um <laughs> aren't still investigating things like this and trying to figure out ways to like actually brainwash people and make well, them I do they, certain I things. I think they've that, achieved yeah. it. I, I they probably they, have. They have. They have. They have. They have. have. Maybe they not. The trick is to get them young and to yep. fracture. That's TikTok. Yeah. And this is kind of what they say in like the green bomb speech. They, you know, they, they get them as their children. They're, they're the children of families that are definitely, they're typically associated with, with military in some way and military in the military, or, you know, they have, you know, these rich, uh, rich billionaires that are involved and they get their kids and they damage them, um, through ways I don't want to really describe, but it's, you know, torture and yeah, fraction, it forces them to dissociate. And then through a combination of, light and sound and hypnosis techniques they can program specific programs into them as if they were like a robot and then they can yeah. activate them later um and i think this is what's behind a lot of <clears throat> that we're seeing in these random you know what yeah. seem to be random mass shootings possible possibly much more 
orchestrated and managed from a higher level. I think it's a mixture of that. And it is a mixture of like just the, the general nihilism. There are definitely those people out there who just want to get revenge well, but on so reality. The question there, Peterson talks about the that. Question, There's something to but that. But the question yeah. is, is it you know the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Did the nihilism result from trauma and damage to the individual okay. or is the nihilism you know just manifesting in their their cycle well, or are they can i interject or are they targeting specific types of people who already kind of feel that way they are nihilistic ready they already want revenge on reality someone like john sullivan probably and then they target them i don't know you know or they radicalize them like you Go said they, it, make, they make them that way well, yeah. what i was just going to say is uh the the general population does not have an understanding of basic human psychology it's true. like they just don't and you think that they would but it's something that's so simple it, it's broken down into five elements i'm not going to go into that whole shit but i've studied human psychology be for personal reasons we'll leave it at that yeah <laughs> I, I understand Same. that yeah you know. but what what the government whether it be the government the deep state or whatever we're talking about here those people understand that shit and they research that shit and they're never going to stop and they see yeah. what they do that gets results mm -hmm. and if they get results off it they're going to turn that knob up yeah. and they're going to get more results and more results and unfortunately there are a lot of mouth breathing idiots that eat it up <laughs> yeah and they're like oh okay yeah. give me yeah. more no, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. And it's definitely something that Brent and I emphasize as often as possible on here is study the techniques of propaganda and mind manipulation and psychology that the people in power, that the people empower themselves, study, invest in want results because we're want constantly data. being bombarded yes. by propaganda we every day oh, non-stop and it will never stop it's only getting turned yeah. up more and more and more and more yeah. if, if you looked at my past and like people who i hang out with like their past and everything like that they have every reason to be the worst human on the face of this planet and destroy everything but they're really good people because they understand that whoa life kicked me in the nuts and i didn't like it how can i make life easier for other people yeah and that's a rare thing it is because, because you have the the mainstream God, i hate saying it but you know the mainstream <laughs> thing you have to do this you have to do that you have to do this and that and it just creates an angry mob of purple haired just <laughs> i'm gonna stop right now before <laughs> I, <get myself> in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> I uh i think we understand exactly what you mean so, okay <laughs> that i have it was you know john sullivan you know impacted by these techniques you yeah. know he was i think he was i think he was too he was adopted by somebody who's in the military so there's a there's a connection yeah. right there um the fact that his you know his behavior is very much in line with if i if i could imagine what the cia would want someone to do or the FBI or the deep state, whatever you want to call the uh, pathological, out of control, dark variants of our government. Shitheads. Um, if I could imagine, you know, what they would want in some in an agent provocateur, uh, he is the perfect thing that I could see them. Oh with. yeah. I don't know if he's the he's, perfect thing. I think he could he, probably do a little. He's, better. he's high on the list. <laughs> he could do a little better. I don't know. He's not doing that great. His channel is doing worse than ours. But what, John, what I mean, what I mean is that he just emulates. He's everything he says 
and everything he does advances their goals. Yeah, that's true. And it's to rile up the population. Yeah. It's to create the division. It's to drive the wedge between communities. And yeah. the fact yeah. that it's not just him, but also him and his brother, and his brother's going at it from the opposite direction. Right. Who's seemingly more stable? You know, who knows? Maybe the programming took better. Yeah. In and some Sun Tzu shit, art of war. So look, whether but whether or not they were like created or like used, I think isn't even the most important thing. I think overall, what what has been done, their actions kind of say everything. And like you said, it plays directly into the hands of the powers that be. So whether they you know created a guy like this to do that, or saw him as an advantageous type to then push in that direction. It serves the same goal, has the same purpose in the end. And then what also adds up, you know, to the fact that he's probably an asset is the way that he has been treated by the federal government. Yeah, you know, that was not that jail. was what was key when I was watching this earlier. And yeah. you were telling me about how him being released and this and that and the other. And I was like, all right, they're not pressing on this guy, but they're pressing on some fucking 103 year old lady that was yeah. 35 feet away from the fence. Yep. This bro is an asset. Somebody in the CIA, CIA got a real hard on for this fucker and was like, <laughs> he's going to do our shit. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to be the one. Make sure we get him in there and he's provoking and he gets that footage. We need that footage for tomorrow or tonight. It's got to be on CNN tonight pronto. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, we'll I think wrap, we can wrap it up, it up there. there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Brick started cussing. No, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, we've been going for two hours. It's a good amount of time. We swear all the time. I usually only go for two minutes, but <laughs> I'm from New Jersey, so it's hard for me with the, to not swear. Sometimes I gotta like reel myself in. So it's fine. You're fine with that. We're not monetizing. I want to give a <laughs> shout out to the chat. Oh, Thin White Axe, tune on, uh, tune on, turn to on, turn on, tune, tune in, in, drop out. out. That was the that phrase. Was yeah. So T Timothy Leary, that was his whole mantra. And like, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's brick. It's like, I do think there was some kind of agenda there in the CIA to push psychedelics in this way to try to the other thing people. about the 60s free love movement which is a, you know a part that somebody i can't remember where i heard it but i heard it just a couple of days ago the way that they pushed the you know they were creating these people that are more immature more incapable of actually yeah. functioning in the world damaging yeah. their yeah. brains with overdosing of drugs you know yeah. not yeah. going to be effective on your drug usage kids <laughs> <laughs> So the idea is that, you know, that's perhaps was part of the depopulation agenda in the heyday yeah. was that they were, you know, encouraging all this drug use and all this destruction of the family. Yeah, because they didn't I mean, want you could argue against that, though, because the free love movement also had a lot of sex and there was a lot of babies who resulted from the free love movement. So you could argue maybe, you know, push the population. Perhaps. But we're going off on a tangent there. Anyway, thank yeah. you guys for joining us. We'll be yeah. back. Yeah. You guys, before you sign off, can I say one thing? Oh, yeah, go for it seriously thank you so much like you have no idea how nervous i was to even do this in the first place because i've never live streamed before and i was just like and like i said i know these dudes are cool but this was awesome like i you have no idea how cool it was for you to do this we love talking to new people and twitter and youtube and doing the show has been uh that's been the best part of it honestly is all the doors it's opening and to just meet yeah different people and they're all from different walks of life you know some of them are well known right some of them are not so well known but i think everyone has uh, something to oh compete. fuck clout fuck clout yeah <laughs> yeah who cares you know I mean, everyone no one knows everything everyone knows something if you've got a you conscience know? and a functioning brain it was yeah. like you're my kind of people yeah we'll talk <laughs> right. uh, we'll talk right. to
I just want to say from here on out, whether it's on camera, off camera, whatever, you guys are my homies. I love you. Much love. I told you I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. If you ever want to have a conversation with me, reach out. I would sure. love to chill and talk this shit with you yeah. for 93 hours on end. I don't care. I don't sleep. Well, maybe we can do. I don't know about 93 hours. I need some rest. But okay, 72. 72. Well, you know, we'll pop on your channel. Sure, that'd be cool. We can have another conversation and maybe go mm-hmm. more in-depth about some conspiracy stuff and other conspiracies. And things right. like that. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. I haven't live-streamed yet. My first live-stream is going to be with Dangerous Redder. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I have I'm going to take you guys up on that. I'll sure. hit you up on yeah, Twitter. Exactly. We'll message. My first live-stream is going to be with you guys. If you bail out on me, I will never forgive you. No, you're, you're going to cancel DMs. us. You're going to cancel you. <laughs> everywhere all right guys thanks for watching thanks for remember watching. sub comment share things donate if you want go sub to brick he needs subs he's more lonely than we are i'm hey, super lonely <laughs> i live with my mom and my cat oh my god <laughs> i miss my cat all right, i love my take, cat take care take care peace out love you guys yeah. peace everyone in hard thank you everyone in the chat see ya